0: Vicki here and I'm back biatches. There will be no half-steppin', but Jim and Eric will spoil all of the DC books so if you haven't read them, you may want to do that before listening. Just get your fly ass back here soon or I may have to get my gat. Enjoy!
1: Crazy foam, crazy foam, everybody loves crazy foam. rub it dub dub it's so fun in the tub, you get so clean, it's really fun when you scrub. We love all the sudden and we love all the
2: We're back with hopefully a lighter load on our plates this week since the five-plus hour one last week nearly killed us. (laughs) Yes, it did. So let's stop griping about the past and let's get things going with episode 35 of Weird Out Loud. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. Give me what you got, baby I'm telling you, I'm not done griping. You're not done griping? crap. (laughs) That
3: five-hour marathon. I know that uh, Matt and Manship demanded it, along with a bunch of other people. It's never happening again, Eric. Ever. I'm telling you, first off, it just doing it, it took us three days <laughs> and probably 20 hours of work. Uh, ridiculous.
2: And it threw us off the rest of, of the next uh, it week. It threw
3: us off. I was sick all yeah. week. I missed two, two days of work and actually, heard of. actually kind of three because I didn't go today as well yeah. because now I feel sick again. And I think it's this podcast. <laughs> makes me sick. You Which is me not sick, me. Oh, I now mean. it's me. And then the whole thing, <laughs> I actually got sick on Wednesday. Which, if people follow the site, they may have you know they may have been demanding my reviews, there because they are uh, puke litzer puke litzer prize winning. I'd like As to Reggie say. would say, Reggie would tell me that. Uh, yeah, I didn't do a review on Wednesday, and that is probably the first time ever. I really think there might have been one other time. One other in our time, two years. I think. Uh, I know there was a time when you didn't, and I was wondering what the hell was going on. But yeah, I couldn't get out of bed. I, I think I had there.
2: what they call real life problems. Yeah, well, I had real life
3: problems, and <laughs> yeah. I just I couldn't get out of bed. I, just, I was done, and that was for two days. I slept, and I lost, what, 11 pounds, I told That's you? That's what you told me, yeah. And I actually am using it as a springboard to eat better. Because nice. I do think that that's one of the reasons why I did get sick, not the podcast. You're but, shitty eating. Uh, yeah, and it was also very hot. We were working. I don't drink a lot of water, so I don't know why this is uh, interesting to people in the podcast. But it's leading up to what happened today is that I have not had caffeine since Wednesday. Started getting tired for this podcast and decided to get a coffee and a five-hour energy, and I feel like I'm drunk right now.
2: Yeah. So let's go. Well, you know what? That's you do, Eric. While we're still on the subject, you're going to start eating better. This brings me to a point. I think the eight triple challenge scared me. Yeah, it scared Um, you. It's officially off now because of how much it scared me. Is the two triple challenge on? No, not even that. See, this week I decided originally, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, I decided I'm going to stop drinking soda pop, yeah. which by Wednesday turned into I'm cutting sugar out of my diet entirely. What is going on?
3: What are we going to talk about? That's the I know. main thing to talk about is our shitty. <laughs> now we're gonna be like jerks who go on diets and all that. Oh, you you should eat better, Reggie.
2: Well, being uh, you were sick, you lost eleven pounds this week since I cut sugar out on Wednesday. We're recording since Saturday, I've already lost five pounds. Oh
3: wait a minute, I got news. My ass found that eleven pounds, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> found it very quickly. Oh uh, jeez, no, and it's weird. I didn't have a stomach bug or anything. I was just tired. But the thought of eating just did nothing for me. I just was not hungry, and I just didn't want to eat. But you know what? You're talking now, and I might be on the men because a triple sounds mighty good, Eric. But, yeah, I went out. With out. lettuce and tomato? Oh, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> now? I actually went out shopping today. I got a bunch of healthy stuff that I hate. I hate vegetables. I really do. I love them. And it's not the chair, Eric, that I worry about. Boom, boom. <laughs> See, I think I'm drunk. Oh, boy. So we're going to have a non-five-hour podcast tonight, correct? Hoorah! Maybe because, or mainly because, we only have eight books to talk about. So you will not get many or any of the main books and Flash Reviews again this week. Don't get used to it because they are coming (laughs) back with a vengeance next week. I'm telling you, if you get more than ten books talked about in length, uh, you'll count yourself lucky. We even got, uh, I actually woke up early today because I was going to go to work, but then I didn't feel well, and we actually got a message on Twitter that <laughs> the guy was going to listen to the podcast, but when he found out it was five hours, he bailed there. And I I'm saw te- that. I'm telling you, Damn. it was like
2: six o'clock in the morning. You sent me the message right after. I was like, yeah, I just saw it, and I thought you were at work at that time, then I was greatly disappointed work. when I got there. Yeah, I was
3: at work. I was sitting at my desk, not <laughs> feeling well, um, but yeah, I would even say that. At the beginning of the week, I thought, boy, this five-hour podcast, man, people, people really love it uh, yeah. because the numbers were going. And I really think that the core audience didn't mind. They're used to three hours, what, four hours, what's yeah. five? So they got – and then it fell dead. And it's. Because, it I really think it's just because you know the casual person who's like, oh, you know what? I've been meaning to check these guys. So, well, five hours. I don't have time, what the time for hell nonsense. How is anybody going to talk five hours? You're talking. I didn't listen to it, Eric. I can't listen to five hours. <laughs> Holy moly! Well, now we're yapping and jiving. We're never going to get done. So let's go on with the news, Eric. Oh yeah. And there's not much news this week. Uh, the first bit of news is a—it's not a D.C. news. Uh, it's something that I put on because of you. It uh, happened on Sunday, I guess, right? Yeah, it was about a week ago when this yeah, comes so out. so after that five-hour marathon ended, uh, this came out, and it was that Wes Craven died. And I'd like to say that somebody <laughs> out there gave a eulogy, Eric, that was from the heart, and it, it touched me. And this person <clears throat> said, rest in peace, Wes Craven, while you gave me nightmares— You also gave me dreams. (laughs) What you're doing now, I read that, started laughing. And that is your tweet, correct? Yes, it is. And it's probably the tweet that got you the most uh, play. Oh, yeah, I Probably try to ever. talk
2: about horror all the time. Nobody wants to bite for favorites or retweets. I put this up. It blew the fuck it up. It blew
3: up, and it, it, I'm telling you, best And the best ever.
2: part is you didn't see it when I put it up. I had to I tell knew. you about the next day, and I knew you were just going to laugh oh, your ass God. off. I how went, I went and stupid over to, it
3: is. to my phone, pulled up the Twitter app and boy i just started howling. <laughs> and then for the rest of the day that's all i kept saying everything that happened i'm like you know what that box gave me nightmares there but it also gave me dreams i even told reggie i hope reggie uh mentions it later because i told him to make fun of you because it was just <laughs> so funny but uh yeah you were a big fan
2: i loved west craven stuff or the early stuff really
3: uh, what is your favorite west craven movie
2: I know it's probably going to be controversial because everybody wants to say like Nightmare on Elm Street and shit, or like The Serpent and the Rainbow. I really like The People Under the Stairs. No, you said
3: you went and watched that then. Yes, I did. I watched that.
2: I watched the Scream one, two, and three, and the the rest of the Scream series. I caught up on, finished that, and I might have watched one more. I don't recall now. Maybe that was it.
3: I um, went back and watched nothing. Yeah, I know. Because like anything else, I really didn't care.
2: I'll tell you though I don't have Be- a soul, Eric. People under the stairs, still yeah. a great movie. Scream One, even though I gave it shit throughout the late '90s, because would have you liked it, it more now. I, I have liked it over the past probably decade, but when it first came out, it spawned all these freaking like wannabes, and yeah. it killed me because they were terrible. But Scream Two and Three and Four, garbage, okay, just so fucking garbage. I was garbage. just going
3: to ask you, what is your least favorite Wes Craven movie?
2: Um, tell me, Eric. I- <laughs> Probably Wes Craven's new nightmare. That might be controversial. Nightmare? Yeah, the new nightmare. You know what? No, that's not true. I hate Scream three or two and three or four even more than that. So I can't even say that.
3: I no matter what you say, Eric. The guy he gave me <laughs> nightmares.
2: He also gave me
3: dreams (laughs) i'm telling you if we would add the podcast on monday oh my my god gracious but we'll move on we don't really have much dc news because the next thing is a little crazy and i'm saying crazy because it's about crazy foam air pretty thin rigs pretty thin uh dc comics crazy foam is back yes this is news people i never knew it was gone well american bath time staple crazy foam is back and better than ever Nearly half a century after its debut in 1965, Crazy Foam is a three-in-one body wash, shampoo, and conditioner packaged in easy-to-spray collectible cans adorned with iconic pop culture characters, Uh making bath time fun for kids and easy for parents. Combining bathing and creativity by allowing kids to use their imaginations (laughs) to sculpt and shape bubblegum scented foam while playing with their favorite characters in the bathtub. Today's reformulated three-in-one crazy foam is dermatologist-tested, hyperallergenic, non-irritating, and
2: non-toxic, Eric. I-, I love the part here where you said they get to use their imagination. Oh, yeah, this whole thing s- is a bunch of bullshit. You sent me the video, though, for the promotion oh, of this. Now, seriously. And they I wanna... use my imagination.
3: Well, whoa. I was going to say, seriously, they have a video for this. They they have, like, an announcement video or commercial, and they ha- they want to have little kids in the bathtub. Yeah. Playing with this stuff. I have never seen the amount of crazy foam they have covered these kids in. <laughs> they look like the Michelin Man. And it's so weird just having kids in a bathtub in a, in a thing anyway. It, it was ridiculous. I, I put this as news just because there was nothing else, and it's ridiculous because these things always look like they were about to suck you off. I, I'm, I'm
2: just telling you though; it, these are just pretty much long cans with yeah. your, your favorite superheroes' faces on them, with a hole in their mouth that looks like they're vomiting semen on your children. It's weird
3: because the go army, and get it. They, they really need a Hawkman, Eric. You, you, you know, would, for, it would, kids. It, for kids. For I, kids. I, <laughs> first off, do you take baths? Did you ever, when you were a kid, did you like baths? No, no, not either. Yeah. I really didn't. It, it always seemed dirty to me.
2: My my old apartment, though, we like I lived there for five years. We only had a bathtub, so I took baths every day. Oh, really?
3: A bathtub? Huh. Uh, when I went to England to visit my grandparents for the only time of my life, they only had a bath, and it was one of those uh, really, really big ones. Yeah, that's like what it, I had. It was and it like it was the one with feet.
2: Yeah so okay, was mine was kind of like built up. It had like a floor built around okay. the edges, type yeah, of things, this, and you had steps going up. It was really cool. Yeah, this one
3: was old school, and yeah. uh, I'm telling you, it might have been three and a half feet of water in that goddamn thing, and that was fun. <laughs> I like that, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, saying,
2: I'm six foot five, and I could fit in this thing easily. Oh really? Yeah,
3: I'm five foot seven and a half, and I almost drowned in that <laughs> goddamn bathtub in England. So by, at that point, I was probably <laughs> going to say, "What are you fucking two foot, foot five? Two? <laughs> oh it was the worst but we're gonna get on with the last bit of news see there's not a lot of news and this is news that is from my favorite source eric us and i want to report here i don't that, think we're that reliable well we're not um especially going to work but um <laughs> i'm gonna report that i think and my sources have told me oh your sources are sources on it. oh that, look at the wee lad with that his mystic sources. U has been canceled eric mystic U. you remember mystic U, right
2: i got a kind of memory of it. All right.
3: Here's what I wrote up. My inside sources have told me that DC have put Mystic U on the shelf and and it may never see the light of day. If you don't remember, Eric, Mystic U was one of the 24 books announced last February that became this new DCU. Mm
4: -hmm. When it was
3: announced, it was the only book that didn't have an artist attached to it. And I believe when that happened, we thought that was odd right away. Yeah. And it was. I look back at the list. It was the only one uh, artist to be announced. Never announced, Eric. In May, that first off, that tells you right there, there's trouble.
2: No artist ever announced. Well, in I think May, we had the same issue though originally because um, I want to say it was JLA. Brian Hitch was just yep. labeled as the writer, not the artist. Well, as Well, uh, though.
3: actually, I believe you're thinking of Justice League United. I oh, think you're right. That was that announced. Was that wasn't one of the new books, but that was announced, and they didn't have an artist attached. Yeah. But again, that was already a book going on. Uh, it was just out, and since then, no artist ever attached to it. But in May. Uh, writer Alyssa Quintney, who is the writer of the book or was, told us in a five-question interview that we did that it was indeed delayed but would be hitting the shelves in October. Well, the October solicits have come out. No Mystic you. And then guess what? The November, November solicits, solicits <laughs> came out. No Mystic you. So I asked around. We have a couple people that I could ask uh, things. And off the record, uh, they may have told me that it's kind of uh, on the shelf that it may never come up. And I'm telling you, I believe that is true. We will never see that book. And I think... That, Look what
2: you've done the comics, Batgirl.
3: I think that this is the first um, casualty of that no Batgirling. And, and if that's the case, that shows you that this little thing that we were talking about last week, it, it went back a little further than that. And oh, yeah. I remember when Alyssa Quintney was telling us about the book, it was about a college, Mystic U, college kid's, uh include i God, kane, we got kane and, abel. kane and abel were uh two of the characters right. and i believe somebody else but i can yeah,
2: she gave us a whole rundown yeah, of the characters gave, i she did not recall did give
3: us a rundown and it became kind of a um uh pretty much a feather in our cap eric it, so we, we broke out, yeah. the news that about the characters and all that and then since there nothing happened so since we didn't have a lot of news i decided to make it my own And, yeah,
2: I don't think we're ever going to see that book. We don't report the news. We make the news. Yeah,
3: and then also, before we go
2: on in a correction. Man dies of heart attack at Wendy's.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Man gives up sugar because he's scared of triple challenge. Uh, The other little thing I want to point out, uh, Reggie's been hounding me because we keep saying that Prez has been reduced from a uh, 12-issue run to a six-issue mini. Uh, That is not the case, and he's right. It's actually been changed to two six issue minis i don't know what that means and i'm telling you if we see these other six issues after this you can i don't know i'll owe you a buck because i don't (laughs) think it's happening the sales are awful and i can only see them going down like every other, the whole dcu is in big trouble but that is the news eric all right. That is probably the quickest news we've ever had.
2: I like it. The casting uh, is done. TV shows yeah, are going to come no out soon. No casting
3: because everything's probably being filmed. You can't cast then. So, we'll wait until next year when we get
2: all this deluge of casting news. They did put out a uh, trailer for season 4 of Arrow this week.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think a bunch of trailers are dropping. I think uh, I, got really trailer, that, I got really excited that I got
2: really excited that one though because they had Constantine in it. I'm like, "Oh god, Damn he's it. back."
3: Actually, I was going to put that in the news and it was going to go like this. Here is the Arrow trailer. And then we just shut up for two minutes, <laughs> two minutes of silence, come back. But that is news, which leads us into our next segment, which is the mail. And we are the flying mail. today, Eric. We are flying. And the first mail is from Darren. d road I was waiting for you. And before I go on, I, I want to mention you. that uh, <laughs> if you want to go check out Darren's site, I really like it. It's at theminorsector.blogspot.com. That is, he didn't tell me to put that. I just wanted to give him a shout-out because he has been a really good uh, fan and oh, a sweet of dude. the podcast and the site. And the originator of Team Jim and Eric. And <laughs> he has his mail, and it says, Jim and Eric, you mentioned last week that it appears that Gotham by Midnight is doomed for cancellation. Do you still stand by that? I do. Oh, well, so do I. <laughs> At this point, it wouldn't hurt to introduce Ragman into the book somehow. Maybe a new ongoing series for the character? At this point, just about anything would be better than Gotham by Midnight, or even Gotham Academy, for that matter. Lame, 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 lame. (laughs) That is his mail. What do you think? Do you think they should enter or introduce Ragman into that book?
2: If it does, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't do anything for the story and for where we're at right now and having a Ragman ongoing is doomed to failure as much as this.
3: Well, yeah, Ragman as a... uh, just a I like unknown, Rag, man, but... I do, too. And the, the thing is, now that we're talking about it, we didn't even mention that uh, because I don't have any information on it, but with the Mystic U being canceled, <laughs> which is me saying it is, um, also leads into the discussion of where Dark Universe is. Oh, yeah. And if Gotham by Midnight, in fact, does get canceled, you do not have a lot of dark books, if any. At all. Yeah, I you have Hellblazer. Yeah, that's true. You have uh, Constantine. That's it um
2: and with riley Rossmo off of art until issue six it that book's going to suffer yeah,
3: and i just i don't know uh i like ragman and i love them in the bat batwoman Batman. yeah it's really good i really like him uh i don't think he's a big enough character to have his own series but you know what neither is metamorpho and that's coming up eric so, that's a six yeah. issue ragman six issue mini baby
2: Throw, uh, hopefully Ragman becomes one of those uh, like uh, guest members of JLU for whatever their uh, story yeah, may be you know
3: what that would be cool I bet you he will be uh, he's he's an interesting character yeah and I like the way he looks all that but yeah um, I know well I know now that Darren doesn't like Gotham Academy and that's another I all these books every book that we mentioned just there's there's so many books that are in trouble yeah and that one I loved and now Joel does it on the site but even that, it, it just dropped, and I, I don't know what's going to go on. We're in the, the DCU YOU.: Meat and potatoes, man Meat potatoes. and potatoes. the meat and potatoes. I don't know. the meat got to get back to the meat and potatoes. Uh, include Gotham Academy, I don't think. Uh, no. So we might see that leaving soon, too. Uh, the next email is from Craig.: Craig.: Ah uh, Craig, is he going to make fun of my voice this time? Is he going to make fun of your voice? Reggie's voice? No. He's going to make fun of my intelligence there. Craig says, is it possible that Jim is confusing rickshaw with sedan chair? And I'll tell you, when he wrote sedan chair, sedan chair. And I looked, I love sedan chairs as well. <laughs> but no, I, I'm thinking rickshaw. To me, yes. you have one guy, he's got the rickshaw, he's riding you around. I, the sedan chair, for anybody else who isn't Googling it right now, is the look where you're on a seat and there's the two poles and two people are carrying you. I, you have to be royalty for that. Not just rickshaw, you're royalty.
2: Isn't and, that what the mobile is? Uh, no, the mobile is a car. Oh, uh, that's not as much fun.
3: No, But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I like rickshaw better than sedan chair. So, no, oh, yeah. I was not confusing anything. All right, so Ease next, up a our
2: joke, man. Damn. Yes,
3: yeah, so next we're going to move on to manship. And I'm telling you, I might be talking very fast tonight. I'm telling this. this freaking five-hour energy is hitting me hard.
2: You've never did coke, have you? No. No, no. yeah.
3: What do you think I am?
2: I am a nice hey, hey.
3: guy. I'm not like we were ones. all young once. Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember being young. I'm so old. All right. Manship, who was on our shit list, for <laughs> that freaking five hour podcast last week. Manship, that's what you says, get for
2: listening to people. I told I you know. about this. Manships.
3: Well, here's what I told you. We're going to do it. We're going to do it on the worst week possible to just show these people what it will do to us. And it almost killed us. Yes. Thanks, Manship. And Manship writes in and says, best podcast ever. <laughs> you two are in a much better mood for this podcast, probably because it took three days. So each day we kind of started out in a better mood or ended. I'm telling you, that second night was when we ended about talking about your girlfriend and Mike. Is his name Mike? I think, uh, I don't yes. think Manship even gets to it. And by then I was so tired and goofy That it might have seemed like I was in a good mood. I don't even know what the hell I was talking about. And in fact, on Monday... It was that late night
2: loopiness. On
3: Monday, we were talking to each other. We didn't even know what the hell we talked about
2: on the podcast. It was so long. And so split
3: up. Oh, yes. Dare I say that you guys were happy? I laughed out loud at the image of Eric laying on his belly reading comics while kicking (laughs) his feet like my 10-year-old son does. And the funny thing about that is we always talk about that. And I'm telling you, I always think of you twirling your hair, too. And you have a cord phone, the corded phone talking to me. During your real-time segment, Jim was worried about Eric's girlfriend and some Mike guy. Don't worry, Eric. He sounds like this Mike fellow is into dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why he likes your
2: girlfriend? Oh. I'm guessing that. Oh, hold on. Before we go on. Um, I have this thing where before we get ready for the podcast, like, uh, we we talk a bit. You send me the outline. I go over it, mm-hmm. and I usually read the mail to my girlfriend.
3: Oh, you had to skip this one, didn't
2: well, you? Well, the thing is, she's like, do you get any good mail this week? I was like, yeah, we got some good mail this week. And I, like, I was like, I go to plug my phone in and turn it on because the battery was dead. Mm-hmm. And asked him, no, no, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get any mail.
3: You're like, during in your real-time segment. Jim was worried about – your health and uh, this other thing that was a thing and <laughs> yeah, your girlfriend. Man, that manship was off this week. What's going on with this guy? Well, now we're talking amongst ourselves, so we can go into it. And he yes. says, "I'm guessing that Mike and your girlfriend go shopping together, Eric." What, what's better not think of it as a good thing? You get to record the podcast, and she isn't there to distract you. Speaking of dudes, hasn't Superman been acting really weird around the ladies lately? And we said that maybe, but the ladies are acting weird around him as well. That's how like, I see it. He says, what was up with that weird face-groping session between Soups and Lois?
2: You know what it reminds me of? Superman is taking that love potion number nine. He, he Remember that be. flick? He, what, with Sarah or uh, Sandra? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Oh, that was yeah. awful. I love that movie. Also, it's,
3: <laughs> I'm telling you, my mind is going freaking mild, man. I don't know what's going on. You know who else was in that movie? You're gonna Adrian have to, Paul, yeah, the oh, Highlander. Yes, he was. you got to tighten things up with me if i get off on a tangent you tell me you get
2: off on a tangent
3: every podcast well then tell me (laughs) also it seems that clark prefers to be around jimmy also more than anyone else these days so much that he tells only jimmy about his secret identity it does seem a little too convenient that superman is always close by to save jimmy when shit goes bad now let's dive deeper into superman's new solar flare power first he used the flare to defeat ulysses then Superman shows off his new power in front of his bromance, Jimmy, protecting him from a weapon robot thing. Cyborg then wanted to analyze the solar flare, so of course Supes flares it up on, for him on the watchtower. After learning how to control the flare, Superman uses it to take down Hoarder Root, while some dude sucks off Supes. <laughs> <laughs> Still, wanting more, Superman lets out a mini flare when he's in a room surrounded by suck robots. First, I wonder why <laughs> Superman had a big smile on his face during this last flare, but I get it now. As we all know, Superman's flair leaves him butt-ass naked and extremely vulnerable. Sounds like me on a Friday night. Oh, so yeah. why does Superman and keep Hawk weakening? Him? Why does he keep weakening himself by flaring all the time? You know, because everything feels so much better when he's human. So let's put it all together. Superman acts really weird around women. His deepest relationship was with a dude, Jimmy. He uses his flare power only around dudes, which conveniently leaves Superman naked. The true storyline is finally getting ready to announce the big reveal Superman is into dudes, Eric. Do you think that's true?
2: Honestly, if I was packing what Superman apparently has, I'd be doing all the time, too. Because women would be like, you don't want to just flash junk around at women. I didn't even flash junk around everyone that last Superman. I know, but I'm saying, hey, I'm going to flash here. You might be the just like, Look what I got.
3: <laughs> Batman just goes away shaking his head. Um, My parents are dead. And he tells us the giant fist that appears in Cyborg number three is an iconic landmark of Detroit. And he sent us a picture. It scares me. It's the Great American Challenge. Yeah? It is Fistis the greatest located... American Challenge. <laughs> the is located in downtown Detroit. It's monument to Joe Lewis. He's a big deal there. All right. And he says, sure, it's a lame landmark, but it's all we got. And he signs it off with Aquamanship. Eric, Boosh. You, you win the contest. That's Damn what right you I said do. it was going to be. I thought I—I I forget what I said. Elongated oh, Manship. Elongated Manship. That's what I thought. And we made it a bet. Whoever was the first one won the bet. You win it. One dollar, Eric. All right. One crisp dollar. All right. We'll move on with Chisanga's man. Well, I, yeah, that's it. I was thinking that Manship had more of a question for us, but no. He has a theory that Superman is gay. Next, Chisanga <laughs> says, hey, guys, if you had a chance to drop books that you don't like to read, which books would you stop reviewing and why? Eric, you're going to have to go first because mine is going to – I'm going to lower the boom.
2: I'm just going to say, though, like – Am am I dropping these books because I'm just simply not reviewing them well, anymore? The, yeah, the, like
3: he's asking because we do say that occasionally. Yeah, that if we where people
2: pick and choose. Yeah, that, I, I, and, I'm saying if I just got to pick the books I want to read. Yeah, like if we didn't it, have the site.
3: Say we just dropped the site. Which books would you continue reading? Oh shit! <sighs> now he's asking which books you would stop. I actually think it'd be a easier list to say which books you keep reading it I mean, really just, would you just name a couple books that Bat, you're no saying, I,
2: I would continue i would continue reading green lantern batman uh justice league um martian sinestro Man-Hunter. martian manhunter definitely we uh robin? we are robin I, should i just do your list Maybe. I'm More telling you, this is, it's a hard thing because there are so many books that fluctuate so bad. At this point, if I was just picking up books to not review, yeah. it would be a small amount of books. Now,
3: um, I'll tell you, I'd drop every goddamn book. I'd be <laughs> done. I'd be done. I told you this at work when we got this mail. I think that, I mean, I'm taking this as a question of like, hey, if, we weren't, if the site went down, podcast, no podcast. I think that I would probably stop reading any book for probably a month or two. I'm telling you. And I can it, see that. And if I did read any books, it probably would not be DC. I am, really? Yeah, yeah. If I just was going to grab some stuff, I'd be like, ah, what's going on other places? Because uh, I'd like to say this. Doing the reviews reminds me a lot of when I was in college where I read a lot of books. I read just casually uh, for you know fun before yeah. I went to college. But once I went to college and you're in college, you're studying, and I, I had to stop because – I would think to myself when I'm reading another book, why aren't I studying or why aren't I su- – and it's the same. When I would – if this week I decided, oh, I'm going to check out what's on Marvel, in my head I'd be, what, what the fuck am I doing? i got to review these books. i got to read the books that I have to read, and it is like a job. So yeah. if I would st- – I'd have to take a vacation, and then I would probably come back, catch up on, like you said, I, I the big ones, Green Lantern
2: um, – Batman, I, I'm super, saying that, like, the Superman books. There's a lot I of would books. never. I would never – I have never like um, regularly got a Superman book in my life until yeah. we started this. Yeah,
3: and I do a lot of the Superman reviews. We kind of mixed it up a little bit at yeah. one point. I basically had all, all of the them. Super books.
2: And I had Superboy really and
3: Supergirl. So what I would pro- – and actually, you know what? I, I would probably – I'd have a cop-out because I'd probably just ask you at work what's going on exactly. to keep like, up with it. And then when I got back, I'd, and I, eventually I would go back because I, I'm invested in them and
2: whatever. But yeah,
3: it wouldn't be all the books, that's for sure.
2: Well, I'm sorry. In the late 90s, I only picked up Justice League, Batman, and Green Lantern. Yeah.
3: Uh, and like we said, normally, and you could say it, but you're bullshitting. Uh, I would read a book and three, four issues in, if I don't like it, I'd give it up, and you could say that is how you go with it, but boy, you were with that freaking World's Finest and all that nonsense. I kept waiting for oh it Oh my good. God, how, how many issues was I want like to 20 say 28, yeah. but I don't even you remember just anymore. You kept telling me every month, if this one's not good, I'm out. And you just kept going. On. Oh, how was that? Oh, it sucked. You just kept waiting, and it never happened. But It yeah. had
2: such potential. Goddamn Paul Levitt. Yeah, you, you kept going. Uh, all right. Well, that was an old man writing for young girls for I anyway.
3: no, it, it seems a little odd. But we're going to get on to our last mail. This is really flying. I think it's my uh, caffeine. Coked up of, persona. Uh, oh, I got God. you. And Reggie starts with me, as always. Dear Jim. Doesn't say anything like, dear the Quakertown Comet. Dear Jim. You really want that to stick? <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. Only now do I realize the diabolical plan you've set in motion with the weekly assault of idiocy that you and Eric have the unmitigated gall to call a podcast. This isn't the listeners talking at the living human equivalent of a car accident roadkill casually. It's the boys from Quakertown launching a full assault on the Internet in the cranial cortexes of the poor people. The who boys from Quakertown. to <laughs> listen to a podcast about a delightfully clever John Hughes film from 1985. And it's still hey, hold on a sec. I'm pleasant. saying
2: Wait till we get the 80 strike back. It's going to be the oh, first episode.
3: Yeah. And instead, now I lost my, my... And instead, they get five and a half goddamn hours of two clowns with a combined vocabulary of 100 words burping about comic books. We should only be hearing 15 and a half words per hour, but somehow, you bastards managed to fill all that time with babbling. Well, I have news for you, Werner. You can <laughs> defeat neither me nor my cranial cortex, and I will continue to listen to the entirety of your podcast. So that... When you and Eric, and probably Manship, are brought before the Federal Bureau of Intelligence for distributing offensive and seditious materials, I can be called forth as an expert witness and attest to your distastefulness. Now, before we go on, I would like to congratulate myself because I read that without any problems, Eric. That was probably the best uh, bit of Reggie email re- reading I've ever done. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think that this five-hour energy is for me. Do <laughs> what I think. Eight.
2: What? More people should just call you straight up Warner. I know. that's what they used to call me in school. Yeah, I used, be, I used to get Shay all the time. I was never
3: Is that I don't I wonder if that's just a Quaker Town thing, calling people by their last name. I would I would think it's not. But us Town boys, Eric, we stick Well, to you. it's back in town. It was nice to hear you clamor upon your cardboard soapbox and put <laughs> your uninspired thoughts. Not with his see you soft reboot he's going to yell at me. But the next time we're going to tackle the same topic in the same episode, I might suggest that we do a point counterpoint style show where your manic thoughts can be parsed into something resembling a human language. Though considering we are we were simpatico in many of the points regarding DC's marketing and publicity, I don't think it would be argumentative enough for my taste. You know before mine. Yeah. You know before whatever nameless horror happened in your life. That turned it into a waking nightmare you now endure. You might have made a good shit stirring talk show host in the vein of Maury Povich or Morton Downey Jr. T- tell Reggie about Morton Downey Jr. I probably mention him once a week. I love Talk Martin about Doughty him all the Jr. time. Uh, you've got the pipes and you certainly know how to rave and holler while saying very little of substance. Actually, I I think we
2: talk about Maury even
3: more, though. Yeah, we do. I can see you having Cameron Stewart on an episode with a Ku Klux Klan member who thinks Batgirl sucks and watch the sparks fly. That would be an amazing episode. Watch the furniture fly, Eric, because that's when the chairs start going. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. But then being a talk show host means by definition that you would have to talk to people, and we both know you're not about to do anything crazy like that. Yeah, that's that's true. I actually... Uh, I'll pause a minute because I was going to mention this podcast. I was going to ask people if they wanted to possibly hear interviews um, because we do, have the, we do have the possibility of interviewing people and putting it on the podcast. I'm talking creators. Yeah. And de- I don't know if people are interested in that because I personally, when I listen to podcasts and that comes up, I, I don't really like it.
2: It depends on it, really, for me. Yeah. But we, after Reggie sent this mail and we read it, we talked about it. But I would like to do, like, a, a hard talk or a real talk or a hard real talk? hard talk. A real hard talk? <laughs> Something where we get creators could we on. we call it Getting Hard with
3: Jim and Eric? That'd be great. That'd be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, you told me about this. Now, yeah. It's kind of a weird concept to actually ask people on to grill them yeah. and not be nice. So uh, we probably would not have many return guests. But, yeah, if we had Brendan Fletcher on, uh, Cameron Stewart's not coming on. Absolutely not. But if we had Brendan Fletcher on, I would like – Now, again, I would hope that we wouldn't turn it into something goofy and scream and yell at them and just for show or for shock I think shock we're too value. scared that. Yeah. I, I, I don't even think that we'd be able to give them hard talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would not be able to do that, but I'm going to continue. Give some yeah, pillow talk. If anybody wants to comment on that or tell us, if you guys want to hear interviews, we might actually do it. Y'all have to force us. because Yeah, I now, do, now I'm terrified. Yeah, I don't like talking to people. But it, no. It, it, again, I don't like doing five-hour podcasts either. <laughs> and we were forced into that. But, yeah, here we go. I really feel for you and Eric having to read the Teen Titans. I think that's the most maligned team in the new 52. Seriously. A reasonably simple premise about a gang of sidekicks turned into a horrible mess. This thing needs a Stormwatch-esque reset button. Because based on your reviews, it sounds like it's going nowhere slowly. I dropped it after... Bartar showed up. Kid Flash. Yeah. I commend you on your fortitude. You are more stalwart man than I am. And this one respect and only this respect since in every other aspect, you are animated garbage. Wow. Love Reggie the Reckless. Yeah. Teen Titans is not good. I took that book over from you really hoping it was going to get better so I can rub it in your face.
2: I took it. I let you take it over from me hoping that it would stay garbage so I could rub it in your face. You can rub it in my face. You're always rubbing shit in my face. You know what I'm talking
3: about. Yeah. Dear Eric, America's sweetheart. Shiza. Let's make one thing perfectly clear. Just because you can't reverse suplex a tiger doesn't mean Batgirl can't. I'm not sure that Batgirl can, despite the comic book evidence, but you are in no way a yardstick for that particular accomplishment <laughs> because Barbara Gordon could kick your ass ten ways to Sunday and not even break a sweat. If you tried to smoke... If, if
2: you... Uh- if you had the, uh, looked at the pictures of me at uh, Wizard World this year,
3: yeah?
2: there's a bad girl on that who actually was a black belt who kept talking about how she could kick my ass oh, over now, I was actually scared at comic
3: was, was that before or after you ruined freaking Ethan Van Skyver's day? That was after. Uh, if you tried to smoke a cigarette in her Burnside apartment, she could break every bone in your body before you got the lighter out of your pocket. What kind of
2: rude asshole do you think I am to smoke <laughs> it in somebody's apartment think like would, that? I you are know,
3: smoking up on this podcast. This is you're my like house. Martin I do Downey I want. Jr. Yeah. She is a highly trained multiple uh, martial arts fighter and toned athlete. You are a doughy, movie-obsessed employee at a cardboard box factory where you probably True. only pull a paycheck because they forgot to fire you. I Actually, was trying to get fired for years. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. I think they just they felt bad for you.
2: I'm America's sweetheart. They ain't going to fire me. I don't know if you were then.
3: You were certainly not the cardboard box factory sweetheart
2: ever. I did come were a in forever. joke. I didn't they, come
3: in forever and they yeah, didn't do shit. Joke's on them now, isn't it? Actually, I'd like to point out that uh, for the longest time, I told you that if you really wanted to get fired, I wanted to start a YouTube series called H- How Much Does It Take Eric to Get Fired? Yeah. And each day we were going to record something different. Like it would start with you showing up without a shirt maybe or you telling somebody to go F themselves. Well, hell of the
2: one day I stood in the back freaking with, on top of a table, pulled my pants down and stuck my dick between my legs.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's the sort of thing. I freaking uh,
2: grabbed the roll of toilet paper. I was in the warehouse playing toilet paper ba- baseball.
3: Yep, yep, you are a great employee, Eric. You are selling yourself as America's sweetheart. Hey, I get the job done. Right, if Melissa Joan Hart heard any of this, drop your ass in a minute. So let's not pretend that Batgirl is somehow your equal in strength or prowess because she's a crime-fighting superhero and you are a guy from the trench coat Mafia that <laughs> the other members distance <laughs>
2: themselves from. You were part of that. I was not part of the Trenchcoat Mafia. Yeah, you I were. just happened to wear a long formal coat when Columbine happened. Yeah, and people. And, yeah, and shaved your head. That was because my best friend had cancer. Oh, boo-hoo. I was saddened too by Wes
3: Craven's passing, though. I don't know that he gave me dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmares maybe, but dreams, Eric? Do you dream of any other creepy old dudes?
2: Please list them now. Um, creepy old dudes. Paul Levitz. Paul Levitz. My father... <laughs> Oh, your daddy. A Bagoda. The end. No, no, I don't dream of it. He actually scares me a Though bit. No, not his
3: most well-known movie. The one that had the most impact on me was The Last House on the Left, which I movie scares you, me. I, that name always bothered me because it just sounds like somebody giving directions. It's like, hey, where's the party? <laughs> Last house on I the left. I think it has hey, ominous thanks, overtones. Buddy. I think that it's ridiculous. Uh, wasn't the sequel uh, three blocks and then make a Louie? third light on the on the right which my uh, last house on the left which my brother showed me when i was nine he his brother was like your dad yeah brother really showed him a lot of crazy stuff that may have been a little young to watch that particular movie did you know that last house on the left is based on the igmar bergman directed film the virgin spring i did not here we go it's it's reggie's wikipedia the story is more or less that same but the story is more or less that same, but it's more, <laughs> way more brutal. At least Wes had the idea to add those bumbling police cops and ragtime piano soundtrack for comedic relief, which, considering the movie contains a scene where a woman is forced to urinate in her pants before she is raped and murdered. Does that happen? Yes. Uh, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to go rent
2: that movie. Right Dude, that, that is so disturbing. Do people rent
3: movies anymore? That, I'm you get them on demand, man. I know, but I'm saying that whole, I'm going to rent a movie, that's... That's when that's... I first saw it. I rented I... it. I know, but that, that's a phrase that's gone to the way, center. May not have been entirely needed It's probably more creepy than endearing the most, but to a nine-year-old Reggie, it was rollicking and good fun. You are
2: fucked up, son. Yes, he is.
3: I regret to inform you that if your girlfriend leaves the house at 10 p.m. to see Mike, <laughs> she is cheating on you. I see <laughs> how you couldn't read any of these mails. Word. Exactly. exactly wants you to know it for one reason or another it's because you're mean to her the obvious you reason would... i
2: support her completely yes you do
3: the obvious reason would be that she is trying to provoke jealousy but it's also possible that she's testing the waters to find out how you might respond to being cuckolded <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think could you play cleanup after mike and your girlfriend's ninth inning In reality, she may be doing as Jim says, using Mike and Tom and probably Dick and Harry to commiserate about what a pig you are. I definitely think that's it. Probably. But it's a matter of time before things come to a head. Hey, maybe your girlfriend will start dating Mike and you can cuckold him. Dare to dream whether you include Wes Craven or not. Bravo,
2: Reggie. It's funny, too, because, like, she would go on a bunch of girls' nights with, uh, like— Bunch of my friends that are girls, my friends' girlfriends, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But they were all my friends first. So after they, they would have this girl's night where she would spend the entire night bitching about me, yep. all they would do is come back to me and tell me about it.
3: Yeah, they'd report to you. That's yeah. why I know that's what she does. She needs other friends I never really heard to of bitch that about you. <laughs> and eventually in this podcast, we'll talk about what you say to her at certain times. And like what? It's not nice. Well, I can't do that, inflate my cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> when she says something do you, you, just inflate your cheeks and tell her that you don't tell her anything. She probably just cries and runs away.
2: I, I told her earlier this week, if she was a, uh, a waffle, people would be going, let go my uggo.
3: <laughs> That's not even clever. It was. That's I couldn't remember exactly mean- how I said it. You just, I, she says, like again, here, I'm going to be your girlfriend, okay? All right. Hey, Eric. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> I love you. Ew. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted you to say. Gross. That's what you say. She says, she, I love you, and you say, "Ooh or gross. That's not what she needs. You know Hey, Mike, I love you. Shut up, baby. I only want to see the top of your head. Oh, my goodness. This Mike is a rapist. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. This podcast is, is cruising along. <laughs> uh, but you know what time it is? After Reggie's is mail, what time it is is... Reggie's recklessness. You get a oh, double shit. dose of Reggie. I don't know As what he's always. talking about tonight. He did send it to me. I am sick and I don't know. I'm sick and tired. I don't know what he's going to talk about, but we're going to find out in a minute or less. Take it away, Reggie. Do
2: it.
4: fellow comic enthusiasts and welcome to reggie's recklessness i'm your host reggie adams couldn't you have made it rounder commented a crow magnet onlooker to the man chiseling the first wheel and so criticism was born to observe and judge is basic human nature it's a survival instinct that keeps us from attempting life-threatening stunts it's a chemical reaction that draws us towards some forms of music and repulses us from others Though one of the owners of the website that produces the very podcast you are now listening to enjoys the band Foghat and endeavors to consume eight triple cheeseburgers in under an hour, most people use critical thinking hundreds or thousands of times per day. But is there a point where criticism goes too far or becomes irrelevant? When assessments are shared with others, is it for validation, or is it a form of populist quality control? Comic books are somewhat of an oddity in the world of commercial entertainment. It is the only form that gives away a full quarter of its content before it is even fully released to the public on Wednesday. You might get a few trailers from a movie, a free chapter or two from a novel, but only comic book publishers hand over to the internet five pages of quantitative material from every solicited issue. Sure, it comes digitally and sometimes doesn't exactly reflect the final version, but there was a time when you didn't get to read a fourth of a comic book before purchasing it as repeated admonishments I incurred as a child to browse outside and at the corner store was not a lending library can attest. It was, again, the direct market that spawned the idea of comic book previews, to give boutique retailers something upon which they could evaluate future orders. For a long time, these previews were held by comic book shop employees and industry insiders, but now they are part of the consumer's weekly comics ritual, seen on comics websites across the internet and aggregated by sites like weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. You don't have to read them. I, for instance, do not. But they are a resource that can be used to gauge your interest in reading more. They do not, however, consist of adequate material to say whether that issue was good or bad. You need to read its entirety to know that. Many armchair critics who populate the forums and social media websites around the Internet believe otherwise. They feel if previews are enough information upon which to base an ordering quantity, then they fairly well suggest the quality of the comic overall. These people are what we in the editorializing industry call idiots. It is sadly ironic that it is often the people who have been reading comics for decades that defend the use of previews to critique a comic, almost always severely in the negative, mind you, and yet they seem to have forgotten that comic books have long subsisted on the literary gimmick known as the twist ending. In any given issue of a comic book the status quo as set forth in the opening pages will have been reversed or somehow changed by the end. Regardless, the appraisal of a comic based on previews is spurious and usually derogatory, yet because previews are accessible to anyone, they comprise the bulk of the chatter that qualifies as online fan interest. We can deem these critiques unnecessary. End Mean Many reviewers have not attended a Criticism in Theory class, they are not necessarily versed in the history or techniques that apply to the thing they are examining. For comic book reviewers, there often becomes a realization that the regular monetary outlay for comics can only be justified by contributing to the culture surrounding it. There are wide ranges of opinion when it comes to the four-color funny books, because the readers come in every stripe. Entrenched fans pining for the old days, people who want comics to appeal to all ages simultaneously, those who think comics are best when full of violence and action, and so on. Most publishers attempt to issue a variety of work to catch one or more of these demographics, and it is therefore logical to suggest that no one reader will like everything produced by a comic book company. And yet many comic book reviewers take it upon themselves to critique an entire genre, or an entire line. Some websites endeavor to review every printed comic every week. What is the point of this exercise? To some extent, it is the duty of a quality conscious consumer to criticize product, either with their words or their dollars. Common book publishers in particular have been quick to react to fan sentiment, at least since the advent of the direct market, because they are appealing to a relatively closed system of customers. They want to create material that you will buy, so if you let them know that you like or dislike it, they can use that at least partially as a meter to determine their course of action. Yet so many reviews seem based on things besides the actual published issue at hand. Whether the characters match their ideals, whether the story is reminiscent of one previously released, and larger commentary about a publisher as a whole, these criticisms can really be filed under cantankerous rants, since they imply larger agendas. But there are plenty of reviews that gauge the story, the pacing, the dialogue, the art, and other aspects of the exact work in question. These I would consider useful, for when crafted carefully and with good descriptive phrasing, a review can give its reader or listener a good sense of what is contained between the covers of a column book issue. That's really all we require as conscientious readers, some kind of benchmark that helps us decide upon which books we should devote our hard-earned money. A clever writing style, unique rating system, or some other uncommon angle may set your comic book website apart from others, but its reviews will not actually be useful or conducive to the hobby of comics unless they can plainly and dispassionately describe the work. Excessive negativity is not needed, and neither is excessive and obsequious positivity. Though I exchange barbs and japes with the site owners, I am proud to contribute in some small fashion to Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com. Jim, Eric, and the other reviewers are enthusiastic comic book fans, don't compare comics today to comics that came out during Ronald Reagan's presidency, or deride any comic for the sake of spite. If that were the case, Jim would have given Batgirl a 0.0 for the last few months since his perceived Twitter beef with Cameron Stewart. I don't always agree with the reviews on this website. Indeed, quite often I enjoy a comic for the very reasons it might receive pessimistic commentary, and it works the other way around as well but the reviews on this site do a great job of describing individual comic books on their own merits, and within the peppered curse words and inane observations about unrelated things, there are good descriptions that one can use to make their own decisions. And that, my fellow comics enthusiasts, is the point of comic book critique. For Weird Science DC Comics blog. blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Adams, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie. Or in care of this podcast. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.
1: All
2: right, we are back. You like that? Yes, I like that. Do you know what else is back? What? Imaginex with a new two pack of Superman and Metallo at Kmart.com right now. is this a sponsorship or something? I what are we wish. gonna get paid on this? God, we, I wish. No, freaking, I just got really excited when I saw it earlier this we week. We have
3: Crazy Foam and Imaginex. See, that would be some cool sponsors. Get all the Crazy Foam and Imaginex a man could want. And you know what? No man should want either of those, <laughs> Eric. But you at
2: least want one of those. Looks, um, the Metallo is so cool. The Superman sucks, but the Metallo is worth it alone. It's worth it. alone. Seven ninety
3: nine. Seven ninety nine. At a where? At Kmart? Kmart. So it's a Kmart exclusive?
2: That's what it looks like right now. I don't know if it'll be released other places later.
3: Ah. Are you familiar with the term uh, piss like a racehorse?
2: Yes, yes I am.
3: (laughs) Well, you would have been even more if you were here during that break, Eric, let me tell you. I oh, always a bathroom th- talk, that, you piece of shit. I just want to throw you off because we are going to get on with the books.
2: and You want to throw me off in the book section?
1: Oh, yeah.
3: I like throwing you off. I'm throwing you off all the time. I have a
2: hard enough time reading my synopsis oh, of the I book. Know. You want to Jesus throw me Christ. off? You got your glasses on? Are they yeah. Straight enough? Straight enough. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start giggling in a few seconds. Yeah.
3: In my um, decision, do you agree that this book should have been the number one book? Yes. Do you? I actually think the second one should have been because of what it was, but um, I gave you the first book because it, you always have the first book, so you have. And you like bitching about you that? Uh, yep.
2: And I love the bitch. And you have the big book of the week, which is Green Lantern number forty-four, written by Robert Venditti with art by Billy Tan, Martin Cocolo, Cocolo, Cocol, 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 Mark Owen, and Tony <laughs> Avina. Yes. How Jordan and Trapper make a pit stop from their Green Lantern Corps search to, to a spaceport to get Virgo some medical attention after his case of dumb shits last issue. Too bad that this particular spaceport is being held hostage by a bunch of body modification loving Thanagarians, and now it's up to our former Green Lantern to save the day. Well, him and his new best bud Trapper. Trapper. The Grappla Trappler. Trapper.
3: Is that your, your hold? you got through it without laughing or stumbling? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh yes, I like this issue. It was actually a pleasant surprise because I've been bitching about this series ever since it became Renegade yeah. for a while. Like, you know, what is it? Th- four issues now yeah. it's been out. Yeah. Four um, issues. I like the initial issue, and then the next two I uh, haven't done shit. And even though this does not like uh no. make the story go forward no, any at not. all, I liked it. It's a character development piece that really works for me.
3: Well, we had talked before. Uh, when they were first introduced, I i was an idiot that I didn't even realize Virgo and Trapper were really going to become crewmates right. of Hal. And once they were, I said to you immediately that I think Trapper is the one who is going to become the better crewmate to Hal. And I'm not and just I saying s- better as in like a cooler character. I said that he's going to be the one that ends up being the guy who saves Hal a lot.
2: And I swore he's going to stab him right in the back any chance mm.
3: he gets. Yeah, and you still do think that. Kind but, of. I... But- I'm telling you, I do not
2: exactly though. Yeah,
3: I I really like their dynamic, the two of them. I think they're really oh, it's doing, really fun, and it's kind of funny because to me, Virgo's worthless. He's listening? a piece of shit. So, so I don't know what he's
2: doing in this book. No, he's not it's so do anything. It's like, I swear to like,
3: hey, we don't like him, so let's just have him in a coma. Yeah, <laughs> he just sits there because the stupid. Actually, when it first started, I couldn't remember why he was in, why he was hurt, and then I remembered he put the gauntlet on. Like an idiot for no in reason. The case of the dumb shits, like I just yeah, said. Yeah, I, I forgot all about that. So once I got, I got that in my head, and I'm like, you know what? I, I like Trapper as a character. I like his dialogue with Hal. And also, Great. the other thing that I liked is we didn't get too much of Darlene,
2: which... She was used sparingly, and it, was, it worked pretty well.
3: Yes, it works well. Um, the one thing that I'm wondering is, when the fuck did Hal land in the Shire, eric or, or did he go to mortar because goddamn those Thanagarians, is that the joke that it's a ring book and everybody's talking like gollum
2: that's what i said in my oh review my even God. a bunch of it, gollum sounding motherfuckers with so body modification that love.
3: actually annoyed me to all end it really did it, it threw me off um but i'll tell you i like the whole concept that this planet is in the situation because the Green Lanterns are gone. Yeah. And I also love it that they don't know the Green Lanterns are gone because of the situation they're in. So it actually makes complete sense to me. It's not just stupid, like all of a sudden, like, oh, the Green Lanterns left. They, they have no idea. They have no communication with the outside world. They're trapped there. And I really, I really liked it.
2: Yeah. Um, um, I had an idea, though, while I was reading the book. I don't know if you agree with me on this. Okay. Robert Probably Blaine, not he- because I don't like you. That makes sense. Yes. Robert Venditti took the time to name every single one of these Sanagarians who yeah. are all a group part of Olio's Wake. It was odd. And in my mind, since he took the time to do this, yes,
3: they're going to be recurring characters. Well, it's funny because of the way they spell it out. They're like, oh, we need some policemen to uh, watch them after they were captured. Yeah, And they're like, hey, we can't do that. Okay, we'll just get some of our guys. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to go well. So well, yeah, I think that, they're going to come the- back.
2: The main Gollum sounded motherfucker in that, uh, like that lawnmower man-esque VR world yeah, watching yeah. everything. Yep. He was never captured. So yeah, he's still yeah. down there in their secret headquarters. Well,
3: I'm telling you, if they are, say, a full arcs villain, I hate them. then I'm done. Exactly. Uh, I hate them so much. So, Do you remember Smorgas? No. He's the boombox. Okay. I, I liked him. See, I'm telling <laughs> you. Like I, he's I, a boombox. I, I don't know any
2: other names except no, for Olio off the top of my head. I just liked that
3: he was a boombox. It made me laugh. Um, kind of like Soundwave yeah, and
2: Transformers. Yeah, uh,
3: just I just like that he was a boombox there. <laughs> but yeah, basically they're just grabbing any ship that comes in and using any tech that they have to modify themselves. Yep. right? And the the funny thing, or the thing that's actually pretty cool, is boy, the Gauntlet to them must be just solid gold when they see that that they're gonna use that. But I, yeah, but I don't... you'd
2: get that idea. They never had the like they never said it though. I know. Uh, that's what I. Th-
3: And just, again, now that I'm looking through this and we're
2: talking about it, not much happens. No, it's very good, though. It is the best issue since the first issue that Renegade started.
3: And you know why? It's because of the characterizations. I really like how I like. Now, I'm just going to say I love the art in it. I really do, but there it's are a weird. couple times that Hal looks way off.
2: It's very simplistic at times. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, but I, li- I like it in general. I like the art. I've, actually, maybe it's more the colors that I like. I, right. I don't know, but I do like the art. Uh, but like you said, there's something about it that I really enjoyed, uh, more okay. so than
2: the last two issues. Like Hal and Trapper's relationship isn't really based on trust at this point. It's yeah. more based on that paralytic bracelet that uh, Hal put on him. Yeah, yeah. But after this issue's over, I do see some sort of mutual respect that I think can grow into an actual friendship. that's what I said.
3: I thought that they were going to go that route right away because he's the bad guy. Yeah. That's going to be the guy who turns around. And I I really like the idea. Well, first off, they're fighting like they're uh, freaking uh, Murtaugh and Riggs, (laughs) which was awesome. And I like that Hal's like, hey, we don't kill. Yeah, that was really cool. And you know what I really like is when Trapper complains about it a bit hal reminds him that if i believed in killing you wouldn't be here because i would have killed your ass and i thought that was an awesome line yeah. and i think that that kind of is what got trapper like you know what he's right and then hal goes down and trapper helps him out he could have well he can't he has to help him if <laughs> hal dies he's done exactly it's not um,
2: based on trust yeah, or yeah. friendship at this but point it's it, based on his life I'm telling you mutual survival it
3: does seem a bit like It's more than just that, like you said. By the end, yeah. uh, Trapper's hanging out outside, like the room where Hal's recovering, and it's almost like one of those things where Trapper doesn't want to let that, you know, that he likes Hal a little more than he just doesn't want to let it on. I really. Hey, guy. I never had a lot of
2: friends growing up. It's cool to be on your ship.
3: Hey, man. I see you without that shirt on. Oh shit. Pretty good, but yeah. I don't like
2: your friends. This, this,
3: um, this issue ends. I still don't like Virgo.
2: No, no, Virgo is fucking useless. Yeah.
3: Uh, But like you Uh, said, uh, it ends where you get the idea. I didn't even think of it. You're right that the Thanagarians are – they're probably going to come back.
2: And why would you Why take the time to name all of them? Unless this is a callback to something other like uh, old Thanagarian characters, which I don't know about, which I don't see, it's – it's really odd to name every single well, one of them. It's weird. It's kind of like in the Werner house. This is what I wanted them to do and We Are Robin with that yeah. one big splash page. Well,
3: It's like in the Werner house. We don't name the kids until they're five because I wanted to see if I actually, you know, grow attached to them. <laughs> I, I actually had seven kids. Two of these, they didn't do anything for me. Oh. Shove them aside.
2: You know what else I like in this book? What's that? I don't know if it's Hal's New Renegade Persona or A Crona's Gauntlet, but. I dig his constructs.
3: Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that last uh, week in JLA, you were upset because people were saying on the site that they really dug the constructs. Fucking boxing gloves. Boxing gloves. And that, uh, yeah, they're pretty good. And the weird thing is, again, one is like a dragon, right? Yeah. It's a fucking alien monster. I'm telling you, I think Robert Van Diddy just watched Lord of the Rings. It, it's so weird. He has dragons and freaking... Schmeaders. He finally got around to watch The Hobbit. Yeah, I think he did. He, he was inspired. Uh, Smaug. The, the one yeah, The one thing I did want to point out, though, that uh, not on the podcast, but at work, we were talking, and I said, oh, Black Hand, you're nah, he's done. They just got him on Earth to join in the Suicide Squad. I, you were wrong. Because, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, because you did not read What's Next. No, at I did the not. the last page, it says, no, I'm paging... Desperately to get there. Next, on the trail of Black Hand, Eric. Eh,
2: that's nonsense. They're, just, they're leading you along. Nope. He's bad. They,
3: they're not going to point out. He
2: He is the key to,
3: you know, the big trouble with the universe. Or the I key, guess. I the don't know. Key. We haven't gotten to I'm the story. I'm not saying he's the key. I'm saying that that would be the, uh, you know, how Hal's going to get back on that trail. What's weird, and this is, I'm going to say this a bunch of times tonight. This issue, to me, felt so much like it was like, okay, The nonsense is over. Let's start going. It seemed like this could be the start of the story. Kind of. You know what I mean? It should have been two issues ago. Well, I'm saying the other issues were let's gather characters. Let's start. And it really did. You get, like, I don't know. Everything seems like, okay, we're starting now. And like you said, you may have a recurring villain. You have a bond between Trapper and Hal going forward. I think Virgo is going to. Die. I, he's not going to. He's just going to sit there and he, he reminds me of just a whiny up. bastard who's just going to sit in the side and go, oh dear. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and then, yeah, then he'll fuck up. Like, stupid idiot. All ah. right. Ah.
2: You all right there? Yeah. What would you best did, Best uh, issue of Green okay. Liner since the yeah. first Renegade. What did you um, I hope it continues like this. I gave it 7.8 out of
3: 10. 7.8. Best issue since then. That's not much of a review there. I'm
2: still waiting for the fucking story to start.
3: I would have given it an 8. Oh, good. What did you say, 7.8? 7.8, yeah. 7.8. I give it an 8.0 out of of 10. 10. But we're going to move on with my big book of the week, Eric, and that is Detective Comics number 44. And that is written by Brian Bucciolato, art by Fernando Blanco and Brian Bucciolato. Ooh. Double threat. Brian Bucciolato ends his Detective Comics run, minus Francis Manipool, and also minus a satisfying ending, if you ask this reviewer. While we see or Yee, no matter how you pronounce it, take her payment from the Falcons, we never really find out why she gave them the seating chart in the first place. While we see Harvey fake her death, we don't really know why Renee Montoya goes along with it. And while we see the Falcons' plan take shape, it never really goes far enough to make an impact. Should I continue... The rushed and forced nature of this <laughs> finale continues with Joker's daughter, who seemed to show up just for Bucciolato to rip her apart and put her away for good. All in all, I was a fan of Bucciolato on Manipul's run, just not how it ended. Um, what did you think? I think it felt really rushed just to get us back to the May sneak peek. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. I actually, to me, this was supposed to be a longer story. I don't know what happened. Well, I know you know, Manipul left. He yeah. is doing other things. And I don't know if it's one of those things that Bucciolato just like, I'll finish it up, but we're not going to do as man. I don't know. I don't know which party was the one like DC. I don't think DC would have been like, hey, Bucciolato, you're done. I think that Bucciolato and Manipo wanted won off this, and Bucciolato was the guy who uh, bit the bullet and finished it up. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure that Bucciolato and Manipo signed on for this and won the Robot Batman yeah, I, I'll never know you any You would think of they,
2: would, they would know going in for the I future guess, plans.
3: But, but they, you know, they turned it into a, um, a Harvey Bullock, like a GCPD book. And I don't know if it was the case where DC then said, hey, we really want to push this Batman. You got to include it. I don't know. Because there's so many things that you see, like you said, just seem so rushed and forced. Yeah. And uh, do you know why... Yip took the money.
2: I maybe she like we, we established before in the last issue that she's dead already or dead anyway. Yeah, she something said like she's that.
3: dead already. Yeah, she it doesn't told matter. Harvey. When Harvey said, "What the hell are you doing?" Uh, you know, I'm gonna. Hey, I'm dead already, Harvey.
2: The only thing I can think of is that she was afraid that she was going to get killed if she didn't get put on the take.
3: Yeah, I, I guess. but it's, That's the only thing, but it's a stretch. But again, if she was doing that, you would – like this story is always one of those stories where at the end you'd see that she – they set it up because they wanted to find out which cops – I'm telling you. I said this – this is the worst plan because it's basically, okay, whichever cops get killed are clean. That yeah. seems to be the plan. That we're going to find out the Falcons are going to kill all the clean cops. So if you die, uh, you're a good guy. If you don't, then, uh, there isn't even a thing where you end up having the cops were, like, fully armored. Under, you know what I mean? Like, something like that, that they knew. This plan seems so weird that she seems to be on her own.
2: Correct? Yeah, she's completely on she her own. She's
3: completely on her own. Why wouldn't she? She is. Harvey has already called out that, hey— um, I know you're dirty. Why are you doing this? What? Hey, I'm dead already. And like you said, she thinks that, she, and she even thinks that she's going to die even when she takes the money. Yeah. So I want to ask you, when do you think they formulated this plan of her faking her death?
2: I have no idea. It's it never really shown. It doesn't make sense
3: because if they did that, then they would have have to also have fully told the plan of what's happening with the Falcons, which would have meant Harvey would have protected those other cops, which he didn't. And the so, only
2: reason the Joker's daughter's there is to make the the truck flip over so yeah, he can kill yeah. her.
3: And she was introduced last issue. And it's such a forced thing. Like she's there. And then all of a sudden she's in the Joker bot. And there's no real reason for her to be in this book. No. It's just odd. And I, I don't know. It's almost like Pucholotto hates her so much that he said, Listen, throw me a solid here. Let me just rip her apart. <laughs> and it is good. But before that, um,. Yeah when when the Jokerbot crashes the car I'd like to say car it's more of the like a the paddy wagon yeah. That, yeah SWAT SWAT it's like a it's armored vehicle Yeah it, so Montoya and Harvey jump out of the car Yip is there when do they get this quick it, it's too fast It's at they, the end in a flashback too so fast and she's like <laughs> yeah she's like uh oh Harvey, Harvey. It, it was the chart They're, it's tonight they want to get the cops that are good when does he like, but Harvey's a, a heavy set man. Yes, he, he moves is. faster than anything because you're, you have to believe that he, somehow she gets out of that armored vehicle enough that goes. And in fact,
2: well, he drags her out yeah, somehow
3: without Montoya seeing. Yeah. And she's there. And again, if you would have also had it in, you said to me, Montoya was in on it as well. And that's how, because it makes no sense for Montoya to even go along with this plan. Agreed. It almost makes it seem like he's like, okay, now you're in with me because you – no, she didn't do anything. He's the one who looks like he killed her. Yeah. And remember, she's like, I want names. I want to <gasps> – boom. And it just, it just was odd. And like you said, <laughs> it just seemed like a rush. When we saw that, um, that June sneak peek. Yes. First off, that takes all the, the surprise away from any of this. See, you know what's going to happen, so that that kind of kills that. But That's the it thing, just though. seems like it, we have that sneak peek. Oh my God, we got to get it done. It has to happen, and it just seems off. It seems rushed and doesn't seem real.
2: Well, the weirdest part is that we have these sneak peeks, and mm-hmm. a lot of them, you know, happen beforehand to get us into the story. Some yeah. take place in the middle. Whatever Yeah, they all have. a We different had way this of to get it. like you know to get into the the mindset of what's coming next. Yep. And this sneak peek is the weirdest because right after this, we finally get to the sneak peek. Oh yeah, that wasn't real.
3: Yeah, uh, I actually—I I didn't mind that only because the sneak peek it was like, "Oh my God, it, it was all that was a huge cliffhanger for the sneak peek." Like, yeah, yeah, then you find it, but again, I don't see how he has the time to do what he does and also formulate this plan that quick that she would be in on it, and maybe she wants to die. She said she's already. Just why wasn't this plan? Why didn't she just open up to Harvey? and say listen this is what happened i'm doing this because i w- there's no reason
2: I, just, I, I want a freaking explanation about why she became... Like I said, she was afraid that she was going to get killed if she didn't go on the take. Uh, well, yeah. But I want the Falcons to have something on her, like yeah. a sick mother, she needs yeah. money for a hospital, whatever, a uh, kidnapped sister, Or at something. the end,
3: the big thing is that they're in the office, they're at the, the precinct, and then they're like, oh, and she walks in bandaged up or whatever, and you realize that this whole time she was just undercover, yeah. and that's what they wanted to have. But again, I, I said in my little intro... You also have this plan, which has been a slow burn this whole time. You know, these four issues, this circus, this thing. And then it just ends right away. They find out the plan. He calls the thing. And you do see that uh, Key and Alvarez were uh, kind of the first people who were going to get shot. So you're like, okay, they're clean. But nothing else. And then you kind of get where you see these guys in jail when they're talking about it at the end. Like, yeah, they they were going to get the clean cups. Those dirty people are going to rot in hell. Whatever he says. And you see people doing, and I don't even, that seemed like the Lamort gang anyway. You don't even get like, okay, these were the bad guys. It seems like they're
2: just going to continue. It just, it's so odd. The oddest thing I think was in the whole issue is that we have the Lamort gang uh, infiltrating the carnival act, the silk dancers. Yeah, yeah. And there's a guy behind the scenes talking about, what do you mean I'm missing, like, uh, four, uh, four silk dancers? Yeah. Oh, no, no. You're only missing one. We have the three are here to replace whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah. get them. Where's that other one? <laughs> I want to know where the fuck I, the I other actually, silk dancers is and how they're doing yeah, their act.
3: I don't know about you, but I wonder where they're getting, like, he, the guy would be like, oh, yeah, well, where'd they get these three silk dancers? What are they, just walking down the street? Yeah, you no, no, we have silk dance, something. No, I probably could sound <laughs> comic, come yeah. on. <laughs> but it's just everything seemed weird and you have the Joker bot and I'm telling you I like the Joker bot as the goofy thing it is and I actually like the concept that Joker's daughter thought okay there's a bat robot there should be a Joker. I don't mind that okay, as, yeah. a, as a concept. But in here again it's just rushed and stupid and I want to point out I like the art I like uh, Fernando Blanco's art in general through the series. When did Daryl become a woman? Do you remember? He looks like a girl. I don't recall that bit. But I'm telling you, you know what he kicked ass with? Joker's daughter. It's one of the best Joker's daughter that I've seen. And I really like when they show her in uh, Arkham. She looks pretty hot. I
2: like the way the flesh looked over top of hers. It just had a really cool look to it. Yeah,
3: yeah. And uh, getting wasn't to over that.
2: the top. It was just right there.
3: And getting to that, she jumps out of this thing. And again, what we'll get back to the Jokerbot. So the Jokerbots run around, and it's the stupidest, quickest way of getting rid of the Jokerbot. Hey, the Jokerbot's running away from me, so it must not be ready. Uh, give me a scan. Up oh, the uh, power core. It's not. You know, it's it's, it's not stable, Yeah. Okay, microwave. Ba boom. And, and it won't cause much damage because of the outer armor. I'm like, Supposedly. Oh, that is convenient. And uh, Joker's daughter gets thrown out and she's like starts yelling at the bat. I'll give her. She has balls. Yeah. She's yelling at him. And then that's when I said, Bucciolato just basically, he has sat on the sidelines with all these books with this goddamn Joker's daughter and he's wanted to take a swing at her. And he says, You're not the Joker. You're not his legacy. You're just a crazy kid who bought, himself, bought herself a ticket to Arkham. Hate to break it to you, but you're not cut out for Gotham. And then he slaps her. and I Oh, love my it. God. He backhands yeah, her. I,
2: I think he just broke her fucking
3: jaw. Yeah, and again, where is the controversy here? When <laughs> do we allow robot on girl crime? That, I don't know if I that's domestic violence. What would you call that? But, yeah, people are upset about that freaking Raphael Albuquerque uh, variant cover. Where is the controversy here? tell me well, we have to create it we got to make
2: this news now
3: but again their joker's daughter gets sent to arkham i got there a problem though before we move on with okay that,
2: when uh joker's daughter's still in the joker bot yeah and jim gordon's fighting her yeah she has at one point where she stops and says i'm here for the jailbreak yeah was I, there a jailbreak because no, i don't remember a goddamn no, jailbreak I,
3: I, again i think some things were skipped and gone but I do like when they show when he scans it and she's inside. It was an awesome yeah. panel. I like that. I There's like the microwave. thermal at
2: the end when he comes in with the Lamort gang, when he takes the EMP and knocks out yeah. all the lights, yeah. comes in with the thermal bit. It looked awesome. Yeah,
3: that was good. Like I said, I like the art. I like the colors. Um, but, yeah, at the end you get a pretty much, to me, a lame scene with just Gordon and Bullock talking. Actually, that's my favorite part but of the book. It, it's, it's not bad. But, again, it's one of those where – that's the way you have to tie things up when you don't have enough time. You That's have way guys just, just standing crumbles. there talking about, "Hey, what happened to your partner?" Ah, oh, she's there. You know, it ended up the way we planned. And get a again, better haircut. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you want them to get a better haircut. I can't believe you're Batman. Neither can I. The end. And the next uh, month is Justice League, and also Tomasi joins the book. I like look forward. jumps Talk. on the book. I do too. And I'm telling you, this whole run, you aren't. As big a fan as I was. You no. said that
2: you were, it was kind of you know, so-so for you. I haven't really enjoyed Detective as much as I would like since Layman left yeah, the book. Yeah, you were John Lehman. You were a real big yeah. fan. Um,
3: before gothtopia. Before like goth-topia. I said,
2: yeah, yeah that gotopia
3: nonsense. But um, I liked it. I liked that it was more of a uh, GCPD book only because it gave it a, its own identity to me. But Agreed. then it ended up kind of losing that at the end not even just this issue, but with the whole Bat, little Bat, and I, hey, and I say we that. Had to,
2: we had the same issue in the Batman before I that. I but I say that, and
3: if you remember, I really liked, and I actually kind of chuckled to myself because I always said to you, I like this book because it gave you the Batman that was having the learning curve, and he right. actually, and Gordon actually says that in the book at the end. He goes, yeah, I had a learning curve going on. He's and still kicking that. ass, though. Yeah, I, he is, and I, I liked it, but again, I didn't like this finale. Um, I gave it a six point five out of ten.
2: I'm saying I gotta give give it to him because they actually have Batman going up against a you know Gotham villain like Joker. Joker's daughter's not a great villain, but every other book, well, we got Mister Bloom. Oh
3: well, and and, you know what? I wanna. I'm gonna interrupt you one second. Um, I like too that uh, was it Joker's daughter in this where she's like yeah, and when when you left her, was it actually Batman talking to himself? Somebody's talking and he's like when when shit went down. Every uh, whack job was after me, and all the va- no, they weren't. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like he says something, and he's like, you know, every whack uh, whack job is after me, and I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, you
2: haven't gone up against anybody except no. for two-bit thugs. Yeah, that's it's weird.
3: That whole thing through this whole Batman in general. Where are all the big villains? Where are they to step up and say, you know what, you're not Batman? Give me Even some that, scary crow. I said I thought that it would be great if. Say anybody stepped up and basically said, Listen, you want to be, you're not Batman. We know Batman, and this is bullshit. Yeah. No, they, they just. Joker's daughter over. did it. Yeah, Joker's daughter freaking stepped it up. But what were you saying? I interrupted. You probably don't even remember. What no, you were I saying. don't recall anymore. Uh,
2: I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Uh, we but, pretty much got through with what I think we was man. talking about.
3: Uh, what would you have given him?
2: 6.5. Same as me. Yeah.
3: That doesn't happen often.
2: No, it does not.
3: Uh, I hope that you gave this next one a low score and then we can continue that trend because, boy, I I don't know.
2: Go on with it. Green Arrow number 44 written by Ben Percy with art by Patrick Zercher, Fabrizio Fiorentino, yes. and Gabe Altieb. Yes. In this issue of Green Arrow, we get the secret origins of Ali's new pet, George, which <laughs> is all about a man-eating wolves that are killed by an old Indian man. Except one that the two and the two become best friends, like BJ and the bear, oh only God. to get killed by a bone worshiping cult that want, that want the Indian's demon jaw axe.
3: My head's hurting again.
2: Ollie's pet is the offspring of that wolf, and then Ollie is attacked by the bone cult. I hate this series of Green Arrow. Yeah, you want to?
3: It, I know that I think it's Reggie who told me one time he sent me a message and he said he loves when I hate a book because I, I get all angry. Boy. I am about to get very angry. <laughs> you don't like me when I'm angry, Eric. I have oh no idea God. what
2: Ben Percy is doing with the series. Yeah, I but do. It's like he, He's it's ruining like, it. he It's like he hates Green
3: Arrow if and it, doesn't want does, to write
2: anything about the title he, character. Jesus
3: Christ. If I'm telling you, if I was a Green Arrow fan, what, I, actually, I am. Yeah. And uh, I don't review this book. You took Green Arrow over after uh, Lemire and... After Sorrentino, The Outside, yeah. And I'm telling you, if I was reading this book... <laughs> I and we get it digitally again, so this is hard to do. I'd wipe my ass twice with it, Eric. You have poor phone. I fucking hate this issue. I have not hated an issue as much as I hated this goddamn issue in a long, long <laughs> time. I even met I'm halfway through the book reading it today, uh, for the podcast, and I message you and I think I just wrote what the fuck is up with Green Arrow? I don't even... I, and it's not that I didn't understand. That's the problem. I understood yeah. what was going on. Uh, what the hell is he thinking? Well,
2: I'm uh, saying the, the whole thing, the secret origins, the flashback where the wart woman is telling like where George came from. You, I'm I like getting the story. a headache again. I like the story enough. It's not a Green Arrow story. No.
3: What, but it's, it's the secret origins of his wolf pet. Yeah. What the hell is that? That is you know, old Indian man all. in
2: bone coats and demon jaw ashes. This
3: shouldn't have even been a
2: backup story. Man-eating wolves.
3: I'm telling you, throw it in a backup at somebody. I don't know. Actually, then they charge extra. I, it's, it
2: just feels too myths and legends with the story, and legends. too.
3: It's a bunch of garbage. And it's basically <laughs> set up because the woman wants to know about Ollie because he doesn't open up to her. And he's like, "Oh, well, we'll find out about you." And they go to goddamn—I don't know. they go to the Zoltar machine? I don't know what's going on.
0: What I'll is say, going on in this I book?
2: A, I put in my review though because we started out in this book with Ollie, and I don't even remember the girl's name yeah. um, on a date. And I'm thinking to myself, right from the get-go, this is the worst date ever because oh if you bring a pet with you, you're looking for an excuse to leave for one thing, half, and you have a half it's wolf. A
1: half wolf.
2: Now you have an even bigger excuse and to leave, and they're walking. The fish. They're walking through a fish market. market. What kind of fucking date is that?
3: He, Well, he wants to be reminded of her. Oh. (laughs) Oh, my God. He takes a half-wolf to the goddamn fish market. Plus, I... I, (laughs) It's so ridiculous. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I'm telling you, this is like i I don't
2: know. It's at least it feels more centered though than the last story arc we had, where it was fucking you know where I thought was a vampire turns out not, then robots, and then freaking uh, white supremacy. This whole
3: thing has been nonsense. But to have a whole issue, it's about it's about the backstory of this wolf that I don't I don't care about this wolf. You don't care I about don't, George? No. Hiya, I Georgie. I don't care about George. I, and that's the best, is it starts off half the issue was is about his goddamn father.
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: my God.
2: I swear at the one part, I actually had to go back and read it. I even put it in my review where I was all wrong and I realized I was wrong I had to go back, um, where I thought the wolf was George. Was George. Yeah, I, but, I, I would I was li- think that. Why no, no, would you no, have no, no, a backstory no, about no, his I, I'm, dad? No, I'm lying. I'm lying. What I thought was, because in the book... The bone cult come and kill the uh, George's dad. Yeah, yeah. And then the old Indian man, old like I think his name was a uh, old man. Actually, or em- fucking, Emo Chuck. I don't know <laughs> Emo Chuck. But um, he looks like Mister Freeze. I could have. I didn't. I guess I didn't read the book carefully enough because at first I thought that then the wolf was alive again and then <laughs> impregnated another like a husky and then George is born. But no, he's, it goes back for some reason. Says two months earlier yeah. to like the wolf again, went away. You have a flashback of the wolf. in a flashback.
3: And you have this bone cold. I don't know what's going on. You have this, that, what are we, in the freaking walk with the spirits here?
2: Hey, man, I thought the freaking outsider world was ridiculous. I, so this is right that alley I, for I, me. No,
3: this is nothing like that. That actually, I, that dealt with the mythology of Green Arrow, not the goddamn wolf. Like you said, <laughs> if you're going to have a backstory or something, show me Amico.
2: Show me anything but this. That was I, the I best part of the last story arc, and it's completely absent here.
3: You get a wolf, and at one point, I think that the wolf, well, I guess, was it George, was uh, uh, taken over by uh, fucking Michael Vick. They have a dog hunting thing going <laughs> Yes, on. I, that happened I'm in the like, first is, issue is, of Ben is, Percy's run. What's going on? You got and, dog fighting. You and got I'm, this. I'm
2: telling you, though, when Green Arrow saved George from this dog fighting ring, yeah. that's the most Green Arrow we got well, from the issues. And
3: again, this whole thing... Is a setup just to get this bone cult to conveniently show up at the end of the issue immediately to after Ollie. the
2: fucking flashback? Oh my god! And then we get Tarantula, who just shows up here. I'm, I'm here to help you. They want your dog's bones. Tarantula. Tarantula, okay Trancil, cool. Yeah, I,
3: I like the, I like, and I'm telling you, I'm a big fan of Patrick Zercher. I even the art in this issue did nothing for me. I don't. Know I've been liking it's just it better the, than I have. The of the setting. Stuff like that. Again, what I, here's what I wonder. I'd love to talk to Patrick Zercher and say, okay, when he gets a script, to write, he had to have been like, what the fuck is going on? What are you sending me? Yeah. I, he probably called back Ben Percy like, I, I think you have some of your, your freaking creator own shit you sent me. Uh, you sent me a book about a fucking
2: wolf. Where's Green Arrow? <laughs> That's what I was yelling the whole time.
3: I, I, just, I, just, I actually laughed. I was laughing to myself about the nonsense that this book was, and then uh, I don't. <laughs> you, know, you know, it. what we get
2: the most out of these the story so far. I'm telling you, it's a, this is a new story, but it's four issues in from Ben Percy's run. Yeah. This goddamn Wart Woman. I don't know what he has out with it. For the last three issues, we've had this Wart Woman on the street screaming yeah. at it, freaking like tourists about the night birds and shit like that. And I don't know what happened between the last issue. and This she's moving up in the world a little bit. She's got her own business now. She's telling fuck it. she's dog whispering. I,
3: you know what's like ridiculous this I'm looking at that? Ollie was on his date with a Green Arrow shirt. What
2: a douchebag.
3: Do you see that? He's got the Green Arrow hoodie underneath his coat. What a Didn't d- even see it. That's his, that's his signature move. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, I'm not Green Arrow, but I wear the shirt. And I, what a, it, this whole thing is a bunch of pooey. I did yeah, like the it, look of tarantula, though. And also, the funny thing is, too, I'm telling you, I'm not a, I'm not a rightist, Eric. But oh, no. when, when Tarantula shows up, at, but you can call me Tarantula, that actually, to me, should have been the... That's it. That should have been the cliffhanger right there. Agreed. and And you get a bunch of other... Like, what is going on? Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Ben Percy, just quit, please. <laughs> I, I don't like to be mean. Or do I? But no, I... I it just this this issue was probably one of the worst issues I've read. I agree. In, I'm saying the whole
2: big, the biggest problem I had besides for the whole you know secret origin of George is like oh. it has to do with this bone cold who immediately show up at the right as soon as the flashback it's co- is ever so convenient. There's no buildup at all. It's just random and it's bad writing. Um, yeah.
3: Are you are are you supposed to get the idea that this work lady kind of like influenced this and no, wanted that? Absolutely no, not. I know. I'm trying to, I'm grabbing for anything. It's so stupid. Like you said, it's so convenient at the... Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Do you have start anything call,
2: else? I'm going to start calling this book Wart Lady because it's not a Green Arrow book.
3: Yeah, it's not. What, what's going on? It's not a Green Arrow book. That's plain and simple. Uh, if you're a Green Arrow fan and you like this book, I, I'll slap you right in the face.
2: I'm actually curious to know what the fucking uh, roundup says about this. But uh, I gave this a 4 out of 10. I would have given it a 2. And Ooh. I'm looking at the
3: roundup. We have... Green Arrow, six reviews, an aggregate score of 5.7, and it goes from an eight. Oh, God, who's giving this an eight? I'm not even going to mention. You can go to Ground Roundup and laugh with me. But it goes down quickly. It goes down to uh, a four from you and also Comic Resources. Uh, even Comic Resources where the four says, is it a decent enough read? No, it isn't. It's terrible.
2: Hey, for what it is, I'm telling you, if this wasn't a Green Arrow Can book, I say and what it, it is? it was something else? What it is. <laughs> what it is. Um, if it wasn't a Green Arrow book, if it was something else... But it is. Else... <laughs> it's a Green Arrow book, so I don't
3: even want to hear it anymore. It was a bunch of nonsense. It, it, I don't know, is he just... Does he want to turn this into a horror comic? And he's, like, desperately trying. Also, who puts maple syrup in their coffee air? Is he a communist Weirdo.
2: or a Canadian fucking canadians I put well mind. he did spend a lot of time out in the yukon maple syrup in his coffee that's when i knew something was up
3: ah <laughs> <sighs> yes let's uh move on eric because that is the end of the first segment and you know what's great last week we still would have been halfway through that intro segment of books and we are <laughs> not we are done the first segment we're going to move on with ryan clark's other side and what he is going to talk about is a book that you actually said you would have been interested in if yeah. you actually read other books, and it's Deadpool vs. Thanos number 1. And that sounds pretty fun to me. But we're going to see what Ryan has to say about it. Take it away, Ryan.
0: Do it, Ry-Ry. The 29th weekly edition of The Other Side. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and I'm coming to you this week with Deadpool versus Thanos number 1, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Elmo Bondock. Um, now... Do you want more of the Deadpool versus books that Marvel puts out? Did you think that Deadpool wasn't really dead? Are you a fan of Mexican food, all-powerful celestial beings, and dudes having a weird, grossly physical relationship with the personification of death? If you answered no to any of those questions, I'm sorry, but this book is still happening regardless. Tim Seeley does a great job at writing. Thanos and Elmo Bandok, uh does very good work in giving Deadpool and Thanos both very diverse looks. And in the story of this book, though, is where things will probably be a make or break kind of point for most readers. Uh, Deadpool has developed over the years a relationship with death. If you're saying, of course he has. He dies and comes back to life all the time. He's functionally immortal, you eggplant. First of all, don't be rude. And second of all, I mean that Deadpool gets icky with death, like a romanticized version of necrophilia, if that's even possible. So when something happens and everyone everywhere is unable to die, Deadpool and death are unable to meet up for their awkward bone zone moment. (laughs) Get it? Bone? Because death is a skeleton. Never mind. So Deadpool hatches a harebrained scheme to go into space, via some assistance from his old pal, Cable, to confront Thanos, kill him, and then, through that, reunite with death. Bow chicka bow wow, but not. Thanos is far from easy prey. This book has a lot of good humor, which I think everyone has come to expect from any and all things Deadpool. If you didn't laugh at least once at that new Deadpool movie trailer, you're dead inside. And Elmo's artwork is really solid, though with a name like Elmo, I would expect his art to tickle me more. Sorry, I'm not sorry. I love Deadpool, and even though he's the second biggest workhorse for Marvel, Wolverine being number one, bub, these Deadpool vs. books really haven't worn too thin for me in particular. I think that there will come a time, most likely soon, when the overuse of Deadpool will come back to bite Marvel. Uh, But that time is definitely not now. um, Because, at least for the time being, they have a decent near-top-tier character in Thanos and others still available to throw at the Merc with a Mouth. Uh, So, basically, my recommendation is to go read anything Deadpool, specifically this, but really anything—it's all fun, bloody, silly, always a bit perverse and, and goofy. Uh, but you always know what you're getting when you're when you're getting into a Deadpool book. And the first issue of this seri- series uh, really was a fun and interesting read that hit all of those notes in a Deadpool story for me. Uh, my main, really, only complaint in this is that the Black Talon character feels more like a caricature or more or less, really, a parody than a real human being involved in the story. Uh, but everything around Deadpool seems to get ratcheted up to 11 in order to make him seem less unbelievably insane and incomprehensible, even in a universe that has a Hulk and a Norse god. Um, check out this book, but beware the Black Talon character is almost grown worthy (laughs) Some other books that I have uh, been reading and enjoying lately, the Bob's Burgers ongoing series from Dynamite, Thor's, also from Marvel, Uh, all of the Swords of Sorrow books, the event books, and the tie-ins have been really fun to read. Um, If you're a fan of Doctor Who and any of the modern Doctor Who books, the Doctor Who's Four Doctors weekly event has been gearing up to be a lot of fun. Um, Brian K. Vaughn's We Stand on Guard has really been good, and Tom King's Omega Men as well. Um, I just finished Kevin Smith's Green Arrow run, which was good, uh, even if it did feel a bit dated. And I did uh, really enjoy reading the first trade of the Jiro Kawata bat manga um, for something that is you know, 50 years old, but still feels relatively new and fresh and interesting. It's a very unique book and definitely worth checking out if you're even remotely interested in the Batman characters, uh, history and mythos or manga in general. It's a pretty, pretty fun read. Um, as also, and also, uh, I'm starting in on the phonogram trade that I picked up a couple weeks ago from when I, um, uh reviewed the Phonogram, the Immaterial Girl book for The Other Side a while back, uh, and I've read uh, an issue, uh, two issues, I believe, so far. And it is odd uh, and very different, but it is unique in a good way, and I like what I've seen so far from there. Um, and as always, you can catch me posting my written reviews at brightestdaycare.com, reach out to me via Twitter at BDC Comics, as well as finding my pages on Facebook, Google Plus, and Tumblr. If you just search Brightest Daycare, two words, um, uh, they'll come up. Uh, And as always, you can email me directly at brightestdaycare at gmail.com if you have any book recommendations for the other side, general books to read, and anything from there as well as you can catch my weekly review podcast on iTunes, the brightest daycare podcast. Again, there's two words and check that out. And until next week, I will see you on the other side.
3: All right. And that was Ryan brightest daycare. Clark, Eric. All right. And you know what? Ryan is going to be joining us next week. Live. We're going to do it live. Oh shit. We're doing it. live. Yeah. We're going to do it live. He's going to join us. We're going to talk about the new star Wars book that comes out. Um, and it's kind of a callback. On the second episode, which we do not let a lot of people hear, <laughs> he was on and we talked about the Star Wars number one book that uh, Marvel released, and we had a good time, right? We I didn't believe so. It was a long-ass time ago. We didn't know what we were doing at that time. And I remember the one of the reasons why we didn't want that one out in uh, the general population is because we had a lot of snafus on the technical Oh, yeah. So you and him were sharing kind of the same line, and you, you both kept cutting out. And we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We're doing now. now <laughs> we are professionals. All right. Professionals. I can get by Identical. Identical. Now, now we're gonna move on with the other books, and boy, we are moving along at a great pace. We might get to bed by two a.m.
2: Oh, yeah. It I was know. going so
3: well. What happened? I know. I don't know. Things are gonna go off the rails now. But I'm gonna continue the fun with Midnighter number four, written by Steve Orlando art by Stephen Mooney and Romulo Fajardo Jr. While my love for this book has waned since the first issue, this issue at least has me hoping for the future. Midnighter teams up with Dick Grayson, and while this issue was far from perfect, I love the dynamic between these two. story involved an underground, va- underground vampire kill club, and it actually sounds a lot cooler than it really was. But this issue at least had cool action dialogue that didn't give me a headache, mostly and it revealed the main villain of the series. While Midnighter has been chasing the stolen god tech around, Akakievich oh, okay. has a bigger plan in mind. What's his M- name? Akakievich. Akak? Akakovich has a bigger plan in mind, Eric, and his plan seems to be making an army of Midnighters. And that's, that's a pretty good fucking plan. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is my right up um,
2: him and that spider woman from Lobo are going to team up have oh, a fucking okay. army of uh, caesareans and, and an, an army of Midnighters. Throw in
3: tarantula, too, from
2: that yeah, Wolf
3: and that friggin' lady. Oh, yeah, the wart yeah. lady. I'll tell you, I have been down on this book to the point where if people were listening last uh, episode, not last episode, but the last episode we did Midnighter, I was furious. Almost, actually... Was I more furious at that? or Yes, um, yes, yes, definitely that was. one. And I'm telling you, I hated Arrow more only because I want or Green Arrow more because I wanted, I love Green Arrow. Um, I really loved the first issue of Midnighter. You did not like. It. No. You liked the second issue. Yes, I, I did. didn't like it as much. The third issue we both thought was garbage. Garbage. What did you think, of, what did you think of this issue? This was all right. Yeah, I, I agree. Right and down the middle. Do you agree that it's because of Dick?
2: Yes, I they, love the pairing between Dick and they, Freaking Midnight. They're great
3: together. And in fact, me and Reggie were talking about this. Why, in my mind, it would have been so much better if you just didn't have this book and Midnighter popped in and out of Grayson. Uh, they're so good together. And I don't know. It, not that this was a desperation move to get the book because uh, people seem to love it. People really love this book. I don't think I so in sales. I have not been one of the people. I'm I'm saying mostly um, reviewers, and we had mentioned this last uh, time we talked about Midnighter. I have a feeling that because Midnighter is a gay hero, yep. people are afraid to say anything about it. Ah, people and were she- loving
2: last issue, and like we said, it was oh garbage. My God, I,
3: that it was awful. And this issue, it was better. And I'll tell you, as when the issue started, I actually was very confident or not confident i was very happy because all of a sudden it, it was a lot better than it had been yeah uh, since to me that <laughs> first issue okay and i didn't even mind the dialogue the dialogue was not that bad it was to me. clunky and shit. you said it was clunky and i said that i didn't know i even thought to myself i didn't know if the dialogue was clunky or if it was because they were speaking in this half english with this russian accent uh, but I, I gave Steve Orlando a little bit of a benefit of the doubt and said, okay, he's, he's doing well of giving this accent, so I'll go, I'll go with it. But
2: I'm not even talking about that. Midnighter seemed yeah, off in his well, dialogue.
3: I'm, I'm telling you, the, the issue starts out with three douchebags who are these Russian douchebags that are going. And I said in my review, I wish they were wearing track suits because I, all the Russian douchebags should be wearing track suits. Agreed. Right? And they basically go to the secret club where – it seems that they have vampires tied up in these guys. Do you think yeah, that, sure. again, what did they do? Do you think that you would have been so excited like they were?
2: I don't know. The idea of killing vampires piques my that's interest. That's fine.
3: But you know what? The idea of killing a rhinoceros to me, or maybe even a lion. Vampires are abominations. You could even call yeah. like Cecil. Oh, my um, gosh. But yeah, the, the thrill of this kill is nothing where this vampire's just tied up to a, a wall.
2: Yeah, and then it blows up, and you're fucking yeah, wow! That was and- awesome. Oh my god, they're
3: going the less evil thing in the these world. These guys, this is
2: like the best thing they've ever done. Honestly, I do see the appeal to this. Okay, I can understand where they're coming from. I wouldn't be as like hyped as they were. Yeah, actually, I'd probably be afraid to ever go anywhere in a dark Russian alley. Yeah, I, Russia is a crazy
3: place. Um, but then they go and from what I've seen in movies, you're yeah, correct. Really. And, uh, <laughs> and Dick and uh, Mid- uh, Midnighter and Dick are there. They're trying to figure out where this. A Akakievich I I'm telling you, if he really is the main villain, I, I seriously, make uh, doesn't the guy have a nickname? Call him like the uh <laughs> the crate call him the, the Russian star. I don't what would you call Akakievich
2: Ivan Drago.
3: Exactly. Call him that. Call him Drago. Something. This is the worst name for a villain. It's, it, it certainly doesn't roll off the tip of your
2: tongue. Well, we talked about it before the podcast. It's like, do you know the, the yeah, bad guy said, in dude, Midnighter? like, nope. nope. I actually gave up. I saw the, all the letters together. I'm like, nope, nope. not even going to try.
3: Nope. So they're there. And again, I really, really like the back and forth between uh, Dick and Midnighter. It's a, they're really good together. Uh, but then they head off. These douchebags are now enjoying a sauna.
2: Because that's it, what you do. Yeah, and you get naked with dudes. I don't me, know.
3: Now, I, I said in my review, and I said in my notes even here, um, I, I like this book um, because, or when I like it, I like the, the fact that um, uh, Steve Orlando, I'm off now. Steve Orlando, really he's really good with, um, with set pieces. He, they really have a lot of cool set pieces, and this is cool. But to me, it's just a way to get the shirts off the guys. Oh, definitely. And they show up, and
2: then so it, I, I it, was going to say to you, why would Dick and Midnighter show up to this bathhouse <laughs> in towels? I don't. They're trying it. to get some information. I know.
3: They just want. Yeah, really. They walk in. It's not like they're undercover. They walk in to start a fight. They're in towels, uh, but it, it's a decent fight. You know what I mean? It's, it's okay. Yeah, the towers are secure. The problem is, and I had this issue throughout this whole issue, is that Stephen Mooney's art, now also on an aside, there is a problem with this book. That Why has there been three artists in four issues? You have Aiko, oh. who seems to be the main artist, because he's been on two. But <laughs> this, this month we have Stephen Mooney. And the, the fight's a little confusing, because everybody in this bathhouse looks alike. They, they might as all well all have the, the spiral technology because yeah. I can't tell anybody yeah, apart can't. from one another. They other. all look the same. And again, I'd love, there's a point where I believe Midnighter is about to stab himself in the back. <laughs> it <really laughs> looks like it. I'm like, these guys look exactly the same.
2: Uh, it's, it's very odd. Uh, but well, that, even at the end, when we go back to the bath, uh, no, not the bathhouse, the vampire killing yeah, field, yeah. whatever you want to call yep. it. Um, there's three guys in suits that walk in. They're like tan suits at one point. Then they're running out and they look like reservoir dogs of yeah. the cover.
3: Yeah, yeah, yep. It's just odd. Uh, and that, you know, colorist. Uh, and uh, Romeo Fajardo Jr. has been on a lot of books lately, but still. It, it, I'm saying, Stephen Mooney, I think the worst part of this is that um, Dick looks different throughout the whole book to me. I, yeah. You said you didn't mind it as much. Yeah. Um, it, it threw me off. Um And there's another thing that I thought, did you think that that one vampire, when they go later, and when those uh, three, like you said, the Reservoir Dog guys, are about to do the same thing to this uh, vampire, when the vampire looks up and pleads for his life, looks like Jared Leto as the Joker. (laughs) like, what the hell is going on? Uh, I don't know. But this is where the book, to me, at this point, just takes a dive, where you get a lot of... Clunk, clunky dialogue again from midnight and it Agreed. even goes he goes in and there's an old lady who's letting these people into this club
2: that was so confusing and
3: again yeah it's so weird where they're talking and like hey it, it's just why have that that was like a weird panel then you have well, it then we have
2: this lady she's at the door you have to say a secret code to get in Yep. and then dick and Midnighter show up obviously they don't know the code the midnight is like look i understand you know, you live in this neighborhood your entire life, and your then your these people come in. 20
3: years ago. Exactly.
2: It's a dark city element comes in. You Like, we can take care of that. And then she just raises her hands. I don't he know what ah, that signals. And then
3: it looks like they just bust open the door. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's, like, armed, where did they? Where, I,
2: I have no idea where these stormtroopers yeah, came storm from. stormtroopers show up.
3: I don't know what's going on. Again, it's an they okay fight. look like fight. Sandman a bit. Yeah, it's weird. It's an okay fight. I actually looked like a, a, a version of Grifter to me. They have that crazy yep. thing hanging down. Then kind like Tusken Raider, of like a Tuscan Raider, a bunch of Tuscan Raiders are there. because <laughs> I'm looking at it. At one point it looks like cloth, and the next it looks like chainmail. I don't no know idea. what's going on. And then they're yelling about a cock <laughs> a A cat. Uh, yes. And then again, all of a sudden this ghostly vampire grabs Midnighter and takes him out. Yeah. And separate some. from Dick. Again, I'm kind of confused. I didn't Turns mind. Turns into rats and then yeah, cockroaches. Yeah, he's doing
2: that. And then. That. Oh, I got you. You got all the classic vampire bits. Oh, yeah. I can dig yeah, this. Yeah, and,
3: and he even says that. But at that point, that's where the my least favorite line happens, where he's talking and he's like, Paula.
2: <laughs> these Do names. Polidoran. <laughs>
3: I'm like, these names are awful. I'm telling you,
2: I gave up. As, as soon as I, I saw their crazy names, I gave
3: dice up. He has with letters on him and he just rolls and he's like, Polidoran. Okay. Polidoran. And he says to him, I heard it when I was stuffing your client's mouth with a face. I don't know what that means.
2: I'm telling you, we talked about this off podcast too. I read that like a uh, dialogue balloon four yeah. times because I could not understand. I kept seeing face was as fist. and I'm like, no, go back, read it again. I'm like, okay, he's taking somebody else's head and shoving it down somebody else's mouth.
3: And then he's like, you may not look, you may not be a fist vampire, questions, <laughs> but you can die like one and knees him in the face. I, yeah,
2: you know, classic vampire. you got to knee the dude vampire. in the face. He
3: him in the face. He kills some rats.
2: I, Only again, way to kill a vampire, curb stomp him. Yeah, you find out that that's where the god
3: tech is. The god tech is used to turn these people into uh, almost like a cybernetic vampire. Actually, they, I really dug it. I, I liked it. They explained that it was kind of a Martian It was thing. Martian it,
2: cells developed to mimic vampirism, yeah. and I really liked this yeah. explanation. Okay,
3: you like that. Well, I also liked where... Dick shows up. Then they had been separated. Dick shows up like behind you, and there is a pretty cool fatality move where he just slices that guy's head in half. Yeah, and I was like, that's pretty intense. Um, I left they, my stakes at home. But they have that <laughs> now. If you remember, then yeah, and then he has a stake later, which is yeah. ridiculous. But if you remember, then you have Dick. He's releasing. <laughs> this is so funny. He's releasing the vampires. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's like a trillion of them. I thought there was one. But there's, there's like three in this panel. There's four, and really then curious. they seem to all be grabbing stakes and or stake themselves. Are they going to stake themselves? And yeah. Dick is like just rubbing their backs, <laughs> and then the ones like <laughs> he pleated. was rubbing their shoulders. He's so weird. And then the ones like pleading with him, and then he's sad. <laughs> Dick looks like he's Puerto Rican all of a sudden. I don't know <laughs> what's going on, uh, but then he gets a hold or uh, Marina calls uh, Midnighter marina's the girl from issue number two.
1: Where, oh yeah yeah yeah
3: and again i was confused of who called who i didn't understand what was going on she's laying in her cell look like a guy and then uh he he says like weird thing i'm in russian chasing garden tech to its source there were sort of vampires you called me what and then still don't think that's a thing flying solo I, i'm like what is going on and then he kind of explains hey i'm here with puerto rican dick and then I like where they show Dick and Midnighter working on this uh, spliced head to figure out the Martian thing.
2: Got a cure going on. And I
3: love, too, where they they scan the brain, and somehow that gives a picture of the surface of Mars. It gives you the temperature of, of the surface of Mars. Like, what is going on? But then where I also liked... Again, I liked a lot of things in this issue. I liked where um dick is actually it's dick he's a good guy i said yeah. all along his superpower is being a, a good guy he wants to try to save these people unfortunately you can't it's uh, tech that's been booby trapped they say i don't understand but they they just melt and now what try you get dust. what you get is what i've been asking for all along is you know the villain i hate his name <laughs> but you have a villain and now dick is also pissed uh, they both want to go out. They both want to take care of this guy. And uh, they're doing shots. And again, then you have another weird thing. There's a bartender there. And, okay, I get that Midnighter, has, he's always in Russia. The Russia seems to be one of his biggest hangouts. Yeah. Who yells to the bartender a full name? Like, you know what I mean? Be like, the bartender Ivan Sebelyevich. Why doesn't he just say Ivan? Another round. Now, Ivan's... It's so odd. He's a formal guy. Everything seems clunky.
2: I agree. And then you get the... I don't have a lot to say about this book. Yeah, You're know. going on and on about the whole well, damn thing. I, I'm I just know. Saying.
3: Well, then you get a Kakovich, and then you get a his airplane. A Kakovich. Then you get his plan. His plan all along is not the, actually the God Tech. It's been to try to get Midnighter... He wants to make an army of midnighters for the Russian army. I guess. Yeah, uh, That's an awesome plan. Again, though, it, it is an awesome plan. Doesn't really make sense in what has happened up until now. You know Absolutely what I mean? Not. No, it doesn't. He's let the Scott Tech. You would think that he's again he's studying him, but it, it just it seems weird. This is the book, though, that I, when I was mentioning in Green Lantern that some of the books seem to be like, okay, now we're going to get going. This does seem to me like okay, we had a little warm up these yeah. issues. Now we're going to start. And this is it. You have a villain. You have a set story, like you know what I mean. I do. And you have Dick. It appears that Dick is going to continue in it, which I love. Hopefully. Um. Yeah, I hope we'll see. It says a Murder's train of thought is next. I'm guessing they're going to be on a train, Eric. Ooh. Yeah, I think they are, and that's going to happen in I... Grayson. Which, again, I really like Steve Orlando's set pieces that he gives in this, these books. Um, right. But what happens is, the more I think about it. It seems that the book just goes from set piece to set piece and it never seems like a like a a organic issue. Yeah, smooth transition. No, it never is. There's there's always that cold open, then you have the it's always something to get to the next set piece for a fight. And I, I guess I want more, but again, I like this issue a lot more than the last two. Um,
2: I like. Gave, I, I, I yeah, like the, second, the issue, second issue. Didn't right? like the first or third, and this is just lukewarm. Yeah, I, I really don't really care about Midnighter anymore. Now I gave
3: it a seven out of ten. The more we talk about it, I probably should have given it a six. Um, I actually reviewed it this morning, so I yeah. don't know why I had such a change of heart. But the more I looked at it, I think I probably should have given it a six, but I did give it a seven.
2: I think I'd give it a six as well. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: I I hope that it continues though with Dick, and I hope I don't know. It's just this dialogue. Uh, really throws
2: me off a lot during me as shows. well it's so weird there's phrases that just don't they they just seem made up and then you have caption boxes who so you have no idea who's talking yeah i know uh but yeah let's go on all right batman beyond number four written by dan jurgens with art by bernard chang and Marcelo Mayalo. brother Eye discovers the whereabouts of neo-gotham and the fight is on as batman micron and the people of gotham defend themselves against this invasion Things look grim, though, and after Micron falls in battle and Tim runs out of gadgets to destroy the a- and has to destroy the AI of Alfred, it looks like their only shot is finding something that can, they can use in the Batcave. It looks like the next issue that Batman Beyond will be kicking old school in Jim Gordon's Batsuit. Yep. Yep. It's weird.
3: I don't have a lot to say about this issue, but I actually, I liked it. I did like it. A, I liked it a lot more than the last couple.
2: I think it's about time that we got a Batman Beyond issue that felt like a Batman Beyond story.
3: Yeah, it did. Uh, Micron helps out. Uh, I think
2: he might be dead. Yeah, I love them though. Here, he was awesome. Tell you the banter. I love the dialogue in this book. I love the banter between Tim and Micron. Mm -hmm. I really hope that Micron did not die in this issue. Like it looks like he did.
3: I hope he doesn't as well. Because I, I really like him, I think he adds to it. There's, like you said, the banner between them was great. They don't like each other. He doesn't even know who he is
2: up until um, this point. Though all the character development, like anything that Tim's anybody that Tim's talking to, it always feels odd. I don't know if there's like this. A series is taken a while to catch a stride, and it finally has. I hope it maintains this course because I'm have I had a lot of fun reading this book.
3: Yeah. Uh, one thing I wish that one point when these guys are like, "Who the hell is that?" I was Robin, you assholes. They all be like, they, oh, it's just this other guy. Uh, Robin? I would. I'd be like, I was Robin. Remember? Red Robin? Robin. I'm just saying Robin in general. I know. But even Red Robin. You say, you know, that I guess he had some issues, though, in France, didn't
2: he? Smartest motherfucker around. Everybody remember me? Yeah. See, yeah. Uh, I don't know. He seems a little down in the dumps. But even this issue, he seems a little better. He does, uh, I, I love the fact because I've been complaining left and right about uh, Tim Drake seeming dumb as shit in the series. Yeah, yeah. Like I just said, he's one of the smartest characters. Yeah. Um, in this, he actually says, I gotta stop being so dumb. Yeah. And I, even, I love the fact that he realized, hey, look, I'm being a long cat here. I gotta knock this shit off.
3: Yeah, and and, and it, when he says that, you actually get the, okay, I get it. He got thrown into this. He's trying to do something that, you know, but yeah, it's, it's time for him water. to actually just think about things and, and get shit done. Um... I hated the Jokers. Fucking and Jokers are assholes They, just, they They're not even just assholes. They're just, they, they do nothing for me except just annoy me. Uh, they're What's just that? there to cheer on Brother Eye coming and then try to. I just it, it didn't do anything for me in the story. Like well, they come it's, off really whiny. Yeah, and it just, to me, it's like one of those, like, hey, you know, it's, it's Batman Beyond. We got the Jokers. And it just, I don't know. I, I didn't like it.
2: I said, I got the whiny and afraid, and I kind of wish that they wanted, like, they. I wish they just wanted Brother Eye to come into Gotham yeah. to fuck everybody over, and even if they're the casualties of this, yeah. that's still what they want to do. Here, they're just tired of living, and they don't want to be afraid anymore. They want to be in uh, Brother Eye's warm embrace of fucking, you know, uh, borged-out nonsense. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I again, I don't have a lot to say about the issue. I liked it. Um it's it's nothing. It's shocking until the end uh, when Barbara picks up Tim. They go to the Batcave, which is
2: awesome. I, I love seeing the Batmobile I don't here. Know why they weren't at the Batcave earlier? I don't know where the fuck she got the Batmobile from. I, yeah, why yeah, did she again, run up to the freaking Wayne Manor there and, and then get wh- it? And come back. Why
3: didn't she do this before? I. It seemed odd. She's in the lodge. I got yeah, nothing. Yeah, I know. But then she goes, and there was a cool moment in the Batcave where she sees her uh, uh, suit. Yeah, like kind of, and I did like the the thing with like, man, my dad was freaking pissed when he found out I was back. I <laughs> that was funny, and then yeah, you see, and it is funny when uh, like uh, Tim's like, oh, what are we gonna get? Suit two point oh? Like your suit's five point oh? You stupid ass. <laughs> was like, what an idiot! Uh, I don't know. And then you get the Jim Gordon batsuit, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, it I was a that, great reveal, and it, it was, and it just. I don't know why, but it just made everything, like, it it made everything have more weight to it. Cohesion. And, and yeah. And it was like, okay, this is happening. And, man, they've been through a lot. You know, there's, it just, I really liked it. I want to see Tim in it. It's going to be awesome. Um, But, yeah, I don't know what else to say about the the issue. I love the art. I love the art, too. Yeah.
2: And I'm sorry, I love Marcello Was able to infuse a little bit more color in this yeah, issue. Yeah, the colors are awesome. Due to the battle going on, yep, because I think yeah. it really upped the scale of this book. Yeah, yeah. Dude really needs to be allowed to cut loose every now and again. I mean, again.
3: yeah, he proved you wrong. You said he sucked last issue.
2: No, I did not. I, I said they need to give him more opportunity. Well, yeah. They, and did you see that he uh, wrote back on Twitter?
3: Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Did he say you yeah. were an asshole? No, he What'd said he thanks
2: for the like warm word. I don't know what exactly he said. I just know was something. Say,
3: yeah, wait for what's coming up or anything. No, no,
2: it was like more of a thank you and like for saying like how good his fucking coloring is. Oh,
3: usually it is. Uh, but oh, yeah. it's my favorite colorist. Yeah, yeah, uh, and the but colors are awesome in this.
2: I'm calling bullshit on Jim Gordon suit being the prototype of Batman Beyond. Yeah. For anyone who's read Batwing, we all know that Luke Fox's suit is the goddamn prototype because it looks just like a goddamn Batman Beyond suit. It does,
3: but they're they're washing that one under the bridge.
2: Well, they're I like that thing. Fucking nonsense. They're
3: washing it under the bridge. Yeah, I love Batwing, but yeah, that's uh, what you do your wash, isn't it? Yeah, I go down to the river with the freaking rocks. I start pounding the rocks on the. You floor. got your kids with the freaking baskets on their heads. Yep. Start screaming at them. I don't know where you're going with that. You sound a little racist.
2: Really? Because I, I talked about people with baskets on their heads? Yep,
3: baskets on their heads. I don't like that, Eric. I don't like that talk. What did you give it this? seems like you're racist. Unless you have more to say about it. Uh, it unfortunately, I really don't have a lot to say about it. No, it, it that was I really a great like issue. It. Yeah, there's a big battle. Uh, I didn't like how, I mentioned to you, I didn't like how uh, Barbara and Inc. have this thing going, and then basically Barbara's like, Oh, you ha- they have your daughter? I understand. Let's go.
2: That was really the least interesting part of this. I didn't even write that about it in my review. Yeah. Um, I'm saying Brother Eye makes his appearance. It's just a Brother Eye monster. Nah, He's yeah. there. It's, it, I thought it might be like an actual body of somebody. It, was not, it, was, it wasn't a great reveal. No. But um, Deanna's up on the moon still. Yeah, Shit's yeah. going on. It, nothing really goes on with that, so I even cut it out in my review, review well, entirely. He,
3: yeah, and there's even that like, oh, you're going to kill me now? No, I'm going to wait for your mother to watch. I'm like, that is convenient. Yes.
2: You know, yeah, that's going to go really well.
3: But, yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: for, I feel bad, too, because uh, when I was reading this book, I thought about Reggie the entire time because I was pretty sure that he cut his this book off his yeah, pull list yeah, last finally, issue. finally,
3: it was really good.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
3: I mean, I'm not saying it was perfect, but it was the best issue, I think.
2: Yeah, so far. Uh, 8.5 8. out of 10. Yeah,
3: I would have given an 8.5 as well. We're really cohesion tonight. On sick. The Quakertown Brothers. Quick Quicktown Boys, isn't that what he yeah, said? Yeah, the boys. Ah, the Quicktown Boys. All right, I'm going to move on with a book that I love, Lobo Number 10, written by Colin Bunn and Frank Barbary, art by Robson Roca, Matt Banning, Daniel Henriquez, Cam Smith, and Blonde. The Sinestro Rising crossover begins, and this is my favorite issue of Lobo to date. I know that someone may yell about continuity on this podcast, but this Boilers. is the DCU, and I love it. Lobo goes after the Indigo Tribe and shit gets real. And then, after talking with Sinestro, he goes after the Red Lanterns and shit gets realer, all over again. I never expected to have known Lanterns. Uh, I never expected to have known Lanterns die in this story. But Cullen Bunn and Frank Barbery go there, and the story is that much better because of it. I love the action, and the art, and just wish that those fans who are staying away from this new Lobo would give this issue and the annual before it a chance.
2: Don't forget Sinestro.
3: Yeah, and I, I love this book. I it was know that awesome you didn't read. like it as much as me. No. Um, but, man, I love that. And I'll tell you, I didn't read all of Red Lanterns, and you're more Lord of God the Lantern had... guy. So yeah. me going into this is just a, I'm going in as a Lobo book, you know, with the crossover with Sinestro, of course. Yeah. But this is just, to me, a Lobo book. And I'm telling you, I have read 10 issues now of Lobo in an annual I deserve this issue, Eric, uh-huh. because this book has been a mess. Uh, up until this past couple issues in that annual, it, it's been really bad. And this if this is what they started with. If this was issue number one that they said, okay, we're going to start off with a bang, we're going to have – I think that this book would be at a better place right now and have so many more fans because this is more – uh, I, again, I'm not even a fan of the old Lobo. I don't have much of a history with, you know, the old yeah. Lobo. But this Lobo is kick-ass. He is kick-ass. I love the dialogue that he has with himself. I love everything that happens in this issue and whether continuity be damned, Eric, because so I it was you loving the great.
2: DCU out of it. They didn't just spend half of the last podcast no. about
3: it? No, I was mad at DC with how they treat it. Oh, no, exactly. I love it! Uh, he goes to the uh, go to the Indigo tribe, and again, you're starting this this Sinestro rising. You only know that you know he's there. He's almost he's Sinestro's bounty hunter. Yeah, he's gonna go after. I had no idea really what was going on, what he was gonna do. No, I had no idea. On. So you start off at the Indigo tribe, and I thought to myself, that that's kind of weird. So I you thought get the same that, thing. And you have Indigo One. kind of you get a um, a bit of a background of the Indigo tribe, which I didn't mind. That was pretty no. cool. And then basically shit goes. So they are on. the
2: freaking uh, core that are least known to people. Yeah.
3: and I thought, and again, even as I'm reading it and before it continues, I thought, oh, this—that's kind of lame. They're going go to go the Indigo to go try, but uh yeah, all of a sudden, monk comes out of nowhere, freaking. I don't, I don't hand know cut what off. happened. I don't know what happened to him. Um, are we to believe that maybe he's already been fighting Globo? Because I don't. Think oh yeah, that's he true. did. No, Should no, you he think was. That that's what it was. And oh, I uh, definitely follows him because it seemed as if, you know, Lobo was just there to get Indigo One, but yeah, No, I absolutely not. No, so, freaking
2: out. Uh, Lobo had already cut off his hand with his ring attached, his and he, uh, uh, he reverted yeah, yeah, back right. to his killer self. You're right.
3: Yeah, I got you. Now I uh, see. I didn't even that that went way beyond me. I'm an idiot, but yeah, I get <laughs> it now. So he gets it. That's what's weird. And my theory was that Sinestro just wanted to collect a ring uh, of every color. Now I, I agree with you that he, oh, he has, to take he out No, he has everyone. hands of a lot of Indigo. Yeah, yeah I know. He does have a, a bunch of other hands as well. Yeah. But again, he's got Indigo 1 there. He's going to attack her. And I thought, again, you want to see bad assets when he just has the sack. And he just boom hands, hands. rings all over. I don't know why he's showing them <laughs> to the Indigo One. It's Fear odd, tactic. but it was pretty kick ass. And you got a blue ring. I'm looking at it now. You got an Indigo. You got a couple blue. You have a yellow, which is odd. You have a orange, which is odd again. I again these might be just miscolored because it looks like there's two oranges.
2: Uh, whatever. But see, at say, that point, I, just, I didn't know if I didn't take notice of the color. I just figured they were all Indigo tribe. Yeah,
3: no, no. There's all sorts of colors, so obviously there's no green uh, from what I see. Uh, actually, maybe... I don't know. It's, there are some odd colors there, but uh, again, he's going to attack uh, Indigo 1, and I thought that this battle was awesome, and it was awesome not because of what Lobo does at first, but it's what Indigo 1 does. She puts an Indigo ring on on Lobo. it was amazing. And it's awesome. And before it could take all, he just bites his goddamn finger off. You and are hardcore, great. dude. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, boom. He bites off that. He fights her. And the whole time, I'm like, she's going to teleport. They—they <laughs> they have that, That's gonna, their thing. Yeah, that's, that's what, what they say. That's what they do. And I'm just waiting. And, and, yes, she teleports out. So he goes back to Lobo. And Lobo, you said he seemed more pissed. I just thought he was like, ah, whatever. We'll get there. He has a ring. He wants him to go one dead. Um, you mean Sinestro. Sinestro, what did I say? Lobo. Oh, I'm sorry. Lobo goes back to Sinestro. And yeah, they have a little talk. But again, it's just set up to get him to the next
2: round. I know. I, th- I think it's amazing, though, because we have this whole command center, it seems, for Sinestro. Because yeah. he is really planning on policing the universe. Yeah. And what I got from this book is that he doesn't want any other Lanterns interfering with his work. So he yeah, has Lobo out there just destroying everyone yeah. else out yeah. there.
3: Yeah. And... Uh, the next, thing, and I want their rings as yes. proof. And the next thing he goes after the Red Lanterns, and he heads there, and you have Blize and Rancor. Yep, and uh, who Blise should be the up. only
2: two Red Lanterns left? Yeah,
3: so you have that, and Rancor and Rancor attacks, and basically it's so good because uh, Lobo's in a ship, and Rancor's like, "Why don't you fight me like a man?" And Lobo's like, "Fuck it," he jumps Fuck, out. Let's go. They start fighting, and I like the point because I even thought. It was a, a weird thing with the indigo ring going on Lobo because he definitely, to me, seems like he would be a Red Lantern. It would have been one of those things where the, it would have been cool to the, the Red Lantern ring to go on Lobo for him to have to fight that because that's right. more of what he is. But you already had that game, so you're not going to do that again. Uh,
2: throughout this issue. We have little talks like we have the, the Indigo Tribe ring going on Lobo yep. because he is a killer. Yeah. This thing is supposed to suppress his it's emotion to and to make suppress him – emotion. Exactly. Yeah. He is a perfect candidate for the yep. Indigo Tribe in my mind. And then we go back to Sinestro and he's like, you would make a great yep. Fear Lantern. And, and I'm you, like, you, you think he that's going to continue throughout every ring they're going And then I'm telling you, he fights the Red letters and he has a lot of rage in his heart. He would make a great – I'm telling you. Yeah. Lobo seems to fit every spectrum yeah. to a degree. Well, and I think that uh, that's somehow going to work into that. It's going to be well, amazing.
3: I actually thought, wouldn't it be weird if that's how where that missing white ring comes in? That it Maybe. goes on Lobo because he can tap all of them? And That'd I mean, be amazing. Yeah, it would be. But uh, they're fighting. Rancor and Lobo are fighting. What I love is that he actually doesn't win because he's stronger or, or more. He wins because he's a dickhead. He's cheats, a ruthless, yeah. And that's what he does. That's, it's so good. He impales and Rancor on the he, fucking nose he, of his ship. Yeah, he impales him. And it's so, I actually, uh, it shocked me. Shocked, man. It really did. And again, Monk uh, Monk died. Is dead. It didn't shock me as much. When Rancor died, big. I was like, holy crap, really? And well, I right, thought, man, it's weird this too, is weird it's, that you wouldn't think that this book would have that much of a play that it would do that.
2: Well, I'm but, saying before... Um, Guy Gar- Like, Charles Sewell took over Red Lanterns and made yeah. Guy Gardner the star. Pretty much, Rancor was our link to the Red Lanterns. He was yeah. the only human one. Yep, he was the, the, the star of Red Lanterns. Yeah. And he, Seeing him die, that really did shock he's me. He's
3: dead. And again, um, if any, I have not seen a story uh, in the DCU like this where it really, all bets are off. Really, I mean, I'm telling you, you don't know who might die now. I know that Rancor isn't the but he's big. In the Red
2: Lanterns, that is very crazy. Yes, yeah, too, because I think uh, like uh, Colin Buns is sitting back, flipping off Jeff Johns. I know. Here's your Skittle Lanterns. I'm telling you, it's like everyone's
3: going down, and then Blees goes off, and that's what you have a problem. Now, I don't have much of a problem that as you do, only because if this was really against like a, a bigger plan, I think that he would have went right against our kilo, and our kilo, But it seems that. You're, Atrocitus. Atrocitus. I mean, I, I'm these Red Lanterns. Are, again, I didn't read a lot of Red Lanterns, but yeah, Atrocitus is there, and he has the Rage Mother, and it's been perfecting the new rings. And yes. again. Is this the way to get the Red Lanterns back? And you get it out of this where, yes, some are going to die. Maybe Rancor is the only one that dies. But you're going to get the Red Lanterns back in this that can carry over maybe to fight in the regular Sinestro book going on or it has some more to do with uh, the Green Lantern book. I don't know. I know you don't like it.
2: I have some inconsistencies and some problems with my continuity here. Yeah, yeah. Um, As we all saw in Godhead, because we all read it, right? Yeah, not me. Okay. <laughs> I Mon- did not. Monk had his ring taken away from him by Highfather. Yes. So he should not be a ring unless they tapped his ass again with another ring. I don't know. But we start this off where Monk is killed because he's an indigo tribesman. Then we jump to the end with the Red Lanterns. Rancor and Blizz are flying through the sp- through space. Yeah. Lobo shows up. And Blizz goes ahead while Rancor turns around the fight. Blees at this point in our story would never leave Rancor alone at this point to fight alone because they, she went through hell to get him back at the end of Red Lanterns. I said I cried foul at that, and then Rancor dies and Blees goes back to the freaking hideout of the Red Lanterns. Yeah. and there's Atrocitus and Atrocitus died and uh, Green Lanterns thirty. I mean Red Lanterns number thirty five. I think. Okay. Damn, I thought I had it written down. Um, I want to say it was that or thirty four. If that's not the case, hold on. I thought I'm you saying. had a brain fart there. I was just trying to get my thoughts together because I thought I had this written out. I'm sitting
3: back and listening.
2: Atrocitus died. Uh, yeah. Dexter might have gotten away. I don't recall at this time. But Dexter is there in Atrocitus. Yep. They're the leader. Like, Atrocitus is the leader of the Red Lanterns again for some reason. But at this point, Bleez and Rancor would never follow Atrocitus again. Uh, they I went understand. through an entire fucking war fighting this guy. This is bullshit.
3: And maybe, maybe... They'll explain it next issue because I think it says next issue rage. I think it's going to continue. Obviously, I'm saying the only
2: the only possible explanation I could give is that these new rings, like somehow uh, Atrocitus, who should be dead, yeah, tapped this Rage Mother and she affected all the rings and now they're obeying him. They're obeying him. I don't know though.
3: The other thing, yeah, and actually you said about how Belize wouldn't leave uh, Rancor, which again, if she didn't, it would have been awesome. At him, Lobo fighting both of them would have been awesome. You can still have Rancor die yeah. and then please just freak out and leave. Uh, try to do something. Lobo escape somehow. Uh, you know what I mean? I do. Uh, I don't know why they, like you said, you know more about the Red Lanterns than me. So you would know that she would never do that. So that's, that is a little bit of a slip.
2: But besides for these inconsistencies that I've pointed out right here, this is a fantastic yeah, issue. Yeah,
3: I loved it. I really think that anybody listening, if, if you haven't been reading Lobo just because, oh, I don't like this Lobo. And again, I, I put my review up on Google Plus, and the first thing I got was some guy that uh, used that bad word that you used way back uh, okay. on the podcast basically said that that's what Lobo was basically said. He was gay. And I'm like, really? That this is the this new Lobo's gay, but used a worse term. And I'm like, really? That's that's what you got. And people just don't want to like this Lobo. And I think that they know that, and they're really even the look. The look is changing. Bet, Back yeah. To the yeah. His hair is all over. I said in my review. I think that the universe ran out of moose because <laughs> his hair is all over the place. He's got the long sideburns. He doesn't look like that crazy thing and. That started the, the whole series. Uh, I really like Yeah, and I really don't know how somebody could read this unless they have issues like you do with the continuity. I'm saying you even can with read the continuity, I can like get over it. Yeah, it's it's such a good action-filled comic. I, Especially if they explain it to me in the next issue. And yeah, and I'm telling you, going into this week, uh, even at, like months ago, if you said, you know what, there's going to be a week on this podcast where you're going to talk and you're going to say that Lobo was your favorite issue of the week, I would have said you're crazy. Eh. You, what you crazy <laughs> but yeah i i loved it uh i gave it a 9.3 um i probably would have given it an 8.5 yeah i i really liked it but yeah um oh and i didn't mention it i loved uh robinson Roca's art i thought yeah it was the great. whole book was fantastic well. he had one two three like four three or four inkers and i it didn't matter everything looked great i think all the characters looked awesome uh, i didn't have a problem with any of the art whatsoever i really like that and i love the colors and it's one of those where you're going to continue on if you keep going with different uh lanterns yeah you're going to have these crazy colors and stuff like that uh which i do want to mention i saw on cullen bun's twitter that uh the blue lanterns are coming up and he said saint walker is not safe oh shit and i'm like is he just riling people up but who knows now I yeah. don't know if he's just been given like they said, okay, it's, not the, the herd. it's this new DCU anyway that we, it doesn't matter. Let's go. You can do whatever you want. Who knows? Uh, and I love that. I love that you're going to get issues. I hate where this DCU explanation. No, I know. But again, you're getting cool stories. Um, who knows when the Blue Lanterns are ever going to be relevant again? Or even, like you said, the Red Lanterns. You have no idea. But yeah, uh, we're going to move on, Eric, because it is now time for... The scourge of every listener. And it is the Flash Reviews. Ah! Alright, and I'm first up with Injustice Year 4, number 18. This issue continues the problem I've had with Year 4 all along, inconsistency. While I love seeing Aquaman and Mera fight Poseidon, the fight kept getting interrupted for a bunch of nonsense. We do get a hint that someone bigger is behind Ares' plan, and I think it might be Darkseid, Eric. Dark side.: it dark side. In the end, the only reason to buy this issue is to see Aquaman use his finishing move from the game on the God of the sea. Uh, and I gave this issue a 6.8 out of 10.:
2: Ooh Next up we got Batman 66 number 68. Scarecrow makes his debut into the world of Batman 66. The villain looks great. We have an excellent shout-out to Batman Begins and Arkham Knight, but the overall Scarecrow debut is a little weak in how Batman and Robin defeat the villain in the single-issue arc. 6.8 out of 10.
3: All right, we're going to finish up this very abbreviated Flash review (laughs) with Batman Arkham Knight number 29. This book continues being one of my favorites out today, and it starts with Barbara and Tim going on a date and ends with the two of them getting kicked out of the theater for talking too much. Barbara's actually on the phone with Batman, and people get pissed. Pitch. And Batman coming face-to-face with Calendar Man. While that doesn't seem like something the Dark Knight can't handle, Julian has brought a friend, Eric, Solomon Grundy. Ooh. Peter J. Tomasi and Victor Bogdanovich have another killer start to a new arc, and I gave this issue a 9.2 out of 10. And that's it, Eric. That's Flash Reviews. Boosh. That's, man, we're really cruising, and we'll be back in a minute. back, Eric.
2: Oh, shit. Britney Spears.
3: (laughs) It's not Britney Spears. (laughs) Or is it my girlfriend? It's Harry Styles from One Direction. Okay. Let's go. Okay. What's your next book, big boy?
2: Why why does Harry Styles talk like that?
3: I don't know. He's a grown man.
2: (laughs) Is he? I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) He's got crazy hair. Alright. Cool. You know who else has crazy hair? Who? Batmite. Oh, Bat... not! You've never seen his hair. How dare you? I
1: say it's Bat- crazy. That's why. Batmite
2: number four, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Howe and Mike Teah. Booster Gold needs our mighty might's help in saving the future. Too bad that Batmite sees this as an opportunity to fix Booster's image. With a snap of his fingers, he creates a more Batman-like Booster, now known as Black Gold. Black Gold. The two go to Gridlock's Vault of Timelessness, where they wreck up the joint and begin feeling. And I begin feeling like Gridlock's the hero of this story. Because we're actually a lot alike, him and me. How are you? With all this going down, it's weird because nothing actually happens in this book besides for the supposed heroes breaking and entering and damaging private property. Bunch of jerks. Yep. You know what's
3: funny? In My notes I'm looking at right now, I my second note in the book is gridlock is Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him sitting there twirling his freaking hair with all your freaking... Uh, are there Imaginex in that lair? If there was, if it was mine, it would be. Yeah, uh... This issue I liked. I was disappointed by it. So was I. Yeah. Uh, Dan Jurgens obviously, is the creator of who?
2: Uh, Booster Gold, yes. Booster
3: Gold. And I really thought that there was going to be more, I don't know, more doesn't craziness. not to do with, with it all of this. And Booster Gold, number one, is crazy. Yeah. He's a crazy character. I really thought there was going to be more of like a, a skewering of that where you get the creator who can really poke some fun. Uh, you didn't really get that.
2: You had the perfect opportunity for the creator of a character to toy with his personality and do something different, and all he did was change his costume to black. Like, that is a missed opportunity.
3: And I'll tell you, I like Skeets.
2: Skeets is fine. Skeets is Skeets.
3: The big thing was that Booster Gold to come and say, uh, call uh, Weed Shaggy Uh and use some of that. But again, that seems to be uh, three issues past that. Right. You know what I mean? It just...
2: Well, that's not really because we only really met we
3: last issue. You had him the issue before, though, at the end. Only We the knew end, right though. away. We said right away. Agreed. It's shaggy. So it's not really a joke. It's It just seemed to me like now it's like, okay. You're a joke. You I like around, them apples. Oh, no, really? It just seemed to me like, okay, you got around to it finally. It just seemed weird. But I, I like Batmite. Uh, this issue... Is not my favorite one.
2: No, it's not. It's probably the weak, one of the weakest ones. Yeah. Uh,
3: which is odd because we're, you know, I really thought that this was going to maintain, you know, the hilarity throughout.
2: And I don't know. It just, the whole It had thing, its moments, but they're playing on the same jokes now. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It really, and, it's like uh, reading an Army of Darkness comic. It's yeah. the same thing over and over again. You and that horror comics, but you,
3: you also get you get more gridlock. And like you said, that's the worst. Is that's what we want. and it's almost all like I want. I was waiting for Gridlock to go, listen, I don't like you. Let's get back to the meat and potatoes. Because really, he seems to want what uh, most people do want. It, it's, it's odd. Um, but yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this. I feature. love
2: Gridlock. By the end of the series, I really want him to win and make the world in this 1985.
3: It's just, yeah, it's just that. Uh, obviously, Batmite wants everything to be 90s. He wants yeah. everything dark. And again, making... Uh, Booster, again, remember when um, it's just another play
2: on what he did with Hawkman? Exactly what it was. Hawk but at was At least Hawkman's personality changed. And I
3: thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, this was just like, oh, we're going to give you, you know, they want that, and it just... It Black just, costume. Yeah, it just came off just, like, tame. It, yeah. It wasn't enough. Then you get the side story, the back story, with the roommates, with Shaggy Weeds, and the woman. Reagan. And, yeah, Reagan. And that's, like, that's falling flat.
2: So all I got was this, because there was, like... I really thought we were going to jump into where she's, like, you know, observing him for the government like she's yeah, supposed yeah. to, we found yeah. out. But no, we start this issue with Batmite destroying their kitchen. So she blows the fuck up because on top of destroying the kitchen, he also burned up her family photos. Her family she, all photos. her family's gone, apparently. This is all she has left of them, yeah. and it's destroyed. Booster, after their adventures, he has no hard feelings. He goes back in time. He saves it. But I got to wonder. Batmite destroys the freaking uh, the album. Yep. And then he just presents her with a a fresh one. It creates a paradox for one thing. Yeah. But um, she open she like welcomes him back with open arms. Oh yeah,
3: she loves him then.
2: You know that he's going to destroy something (laughs) next day. And
3: he also pretty much just wrecked the whole apartment too. I know she's very upset, but it's almost like her refrigerator. Well, yeah, it's almost like I come over, punch you in your fucking face, break your nose, but I said it, and then you love me. I set your nose back. I'm like, Hey, it's good as new. I love you, Jim.
2: Maybe, maybe give me an ice cream cone. No, Some.
3: no, just set your nose back. Give me a That's goddamn it. ice cream and, cone. And then you know, tomorrow I'm kicking you in the balls. Donkey punch. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it did. It was weird. It just ties. It's, it's again, this, this six issue mini was going to be nonsense as it was. Yeah. But uh, I'm but okay it was with fun. That. But it, it's, it's actually, to me, it's, it's really running out of steam. Quickly. Yeah. It's run its course already. Uh, and, uh, I don't know. Where is it heading next, next issue? I didn't even...
2: The I didn't Inferior think,
3: 5. Okay, and then it says The Inferior 5, and then it says The Superior 6.
2: Yes, yeah, so the thing is, yeah. too, I am not familiar with The Inferior 5. Yeah, I, so it's going to be a completely fresh I, issue again, for me. And maybe,
3: maybe that's what we need. Maybe Agreed. you have to go in, and it's going to be hilarious. Uh, but this issue, just... The, the laughs I was getting from the others, I did not have here. And, in fact, you had been uh, pissed off Ever since the DCU started, uh, that, that Bizarro has been getting more accolades and, and sales. I did not or whatever. like that book. And I think right now it's a little ahead in the game. I really do, uh, because I at least get some chuckles out of that. This issue, I really didn't get any chuckles
2: at all. I got some. I really did like you? seeing what the. I really like Gridlock. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm reading this book for him at this point. Because he's me, and I yeah, like me. But
3: again, I, I see you all week. I get tired of you. I'm <laughs> almost tired of Gridlock. Though, he was the best part. But yeah. I'm I, I telling you personally, he was the best part because I'm like, that motherfucker's Eric. What the hell?
2: But yeah. He, I, he hates the, new, the, the youth generation, selfies, yeah. all the technology, shit like that. Yeah. Wants everything to be like 1985, has all his freaking collectibles. Yep, all the things you want. But again,
3: half the issue is... Uh, kind of explaining who Booster Gold is. It's weird. So the people. And uh, again, if you're going to have that, you don't, you know, just throw them in there and have them do crazy things because of Batmite. Well, we I, have that in know. our next issue, too. You know what I mean? You're there. What is, what's does Booster do? Nothing. Uh, well, I'm saying he gets, in, in he general, what, is he, what does he usually do? He can he, time travel. Yeah. Why don't we have that? Why he does. He gets uh, what, the photo album. Well, he, I'm saying in the issue <laughs> itself, why doesn't him and Batmite go all around and Completely screw up time, well, and then so, have to change things. That would be that would be. You a know fun what I'm saying? Session. That's what I wanted. That's what I thought it was going to be. And then have Skeets chasing them, and have stuff, and have crazy stuff. Like have them go to like weird places, like uh, freaking Vanishing Point, and or have so like you message. know um,
2: Legion of Superheroes, yeah. 31st century. Yeah,
3: yeah. have Have uh, might ruin the Vanishing Point. Uh, pretty pretty much, it's going to ruin all of everything. Have something where you fuck around with continuity. Which then, Gridlock can be upset because he likes his continuity. So he's more like you. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, have hey. stuff like Don't that. Don't bash on continuity. Well, man. that's you know what I'm saying. Like have that. What you get is uh, nothing. You get yeah. him fighting, and then the only thing I, I actually did kind of chuckle when uh, shit gets ruined and batmite's like what you beef about a 9.8 a, instead of a 10 and it reminds <laughs> me people get pissed off at us when yeah. you give like a 9.5 and they wanted well, a 10
2: he, he's talking about the freaking uh, the common I know. value like, system it just
3: made me laugh though yeah uh, it just in general i i thought this was a missed opportunity especially because dan jurgens created bus a buster booster which actually there's where I laugh because he does call him Buster Gold, yeah. and that's what I used to laugh at you. I used to say, "Hey, what's up with that Buster Gold?" You used to, nice get mad to tell you about me. Booster. Yeah, and before I even read, and uh, you used to get mad at me, and so I said it on purpose. Uh, what'd you give it? To her?
2: I gave it a seven out of ten because I I based it on its own merits. It's not a it, the art is great still. The art's consistent throughout the entire yeah, series. Yeah, like the art.
3: The art was good,
2: and I'm saying even though I don't know, I I think I went a little high on this one now. Mm-hmm.
3: I, I would have given it a 6'5. And again, before we talk about the last book. They go to a 6' now, I'm maybe. Telling, yeah, I'm telling you, in general, this was a down week. And we didn't have a lot of books, but boy, I, I had problems this week with these books. A lot of nonsense.
2: I don't know, man. I, Green, Green Lantern was good. Like Batman Beyond Lantern. was good. I Lobo Bat was and good. Beyond.
3: I like Lobo, but that's 3 out of 8.
2: Didn't, you like, uh, didn't you like Midnighter?
3: Uh, it was okay, I, and I'll give you that I like Midnighter only because it was better than the other issues, I agree, yeah. so I was kind of judging it against itself. The only boy, real stinkers, really so though,
2: is fucking Green Arrow. And- yeah, I know, or- but
3: still, there's a lot, as we talk, there's a lot of sixes, six fives, yeah. it, just, it just wasn't a great week, and I think it's coming off. Our Detective off. was down, that's yeah, why. Yeah, and I, I'm telling you, I think it's coming off in the way this podcast has gone, I think everything's a little down, we're a little miserable, and we're going to finish off with a book that I didn't like, Eric. Oh, I didn't like it all. And this is a book that I have been preaching to the mountain, preaching to the masses. Omega Men number four, written by Tom King, art by Toby Cypress and Romalo Fajardo Jr. (laughs) The Omega (laughs) Men has been one of my favorite new books in the DCU, but this issue isn't the reason. After the slow burn of the first three issues, Tom King pretty much slams on the brakes and gives us the backstories of a well-established backstory of a well-established character, Kyle Rayner, and a rehash of Callista's uh, backstory that we got last month. Sure, we learned a couple of things, why Kyle went to the Vegas system in the first place, and how Callista came into contact with Primus, but there is so much more I want to learn. Add guest artist Toby Cypress to this, this mix, and I may have been generous with the score I ended giving it. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I, I really, the minute that I said, I even put in my review, I usually don't mention art, much until the section that we usually talk about art. It was one of my first sentences was usual readers are gonna be thrown off because this, this art is bad. And it's almost I'm looking at it now. It has a um almost like a Gotham by midnight feel to it and there's no way it should. The art in this book... is reminds more of a Catwoman. Okay. I, I'm telling you, when I look at it, even where I see, especially the character design for Kyle Rayner, actually reminds me a lot of Jim Corrigan in the Gotham. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just even the colors and that, like, everybody seems ultra skinny. It just really seemed that way. And it, it, it's a shame. Everything's angular. Yeah, well, And it's a shame to me because there's a couple panels in this issue that could have been epic. And I think they were thrown off. And, um, again, the main thing in this issue, the main story that goes on is basically that this Princess Callista and the rest of the Mega Men are playing Kyle Rayner. They're yeah. trying to convince him.
0: Uh, he's going to be a bomb. They're, and they're Dumb trying bomb. to
3: convince him that the princess there is not there at her own will and he's going to have to save her. They're doing this sort of thing. And uh, the, the only thing that bothers me, and it's starting to bother me in the book in general— is if they are doing Bullshit, right? well, if they're doing yeah. something that is right and just, the, Kyle Rayner's a guy who would go with it. They oh, don't yeah. they don't need to play. So obviously they're not doing something that on the, the not surface on the up up. at least is on the up and up. So they they have to play him with this and they're they're using this princess. That's fine. But then you get a, a Kyle Kyle Rayner backstory. And it's, again, if you say to me, well, there might be some people who don't know who Kyle is, I I just, it's, this would be like having a story with Superman. And this is a well-established character. If you don't know the backstory of Kyle Rayner, you can search it out. You can find it if you really need to know it. And in this book, I really don't think you need to know it. Now, the one thing that I will tell you is he does appear in this as the White Lantern.
2: For one goddamn panel. He does panel. in a
3: panel, but that at least establishes it, and now I... And then I, they go completely no, against what it. what I'm saying is now I know that Kyle Rayner's playing him. He is a White Lantern. He showed up in that Vegas system. Nobody knew he was a White Lantern, so he showed up as a Green Lantern to give up his ring that didn't matter. He gave up that ring. The White Lantern ring is out there. I don't know where he has it, what he's doing, if he's counting on this one that's flying around. He's a White Lantern. He's the only one in this book that knows it, and he's going to Or they know it, and they're trying to make him bring it out. And that's the bomb. And that's the bomb, Eric.
2: Tony, if that's the case, I'll fucking, I love it. Well, I really think it's just going to be bullshit.
3: To show him as that white liner can't be a mistake. They have never mentioned it except in those solicits. Yeah. And it's because he is playing them and I don't mind that. And actually I love it. And I love it because they think they're playing him. He's playing them. And obviously to me, it's all going to come down to, they both help each other. But he is a White Lantern, and he's doing this Green Lantern bullshit just as a ruse to them. Speculation. And, it, and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite them in the ass. Hopefully. And again, like I said, though, that might be the bomb that they're saying. That might be what they, oh, you got the bomb, we want him to explode. That might be that they want the White Lantern. Could be. And he's been playing that he's, he's not that. Um, did you like the backstory of, of Kyle.
2: It was fine, except for her, him holding Alex to whip because she was all fridged up. There's yeah, no reason no, him could be holding her like that. Yeah,
3: they kinda, and again, her body only, should be all
2: folded over in his the arms. Only
3: thing I th- the only thing I thought of is that that's what he wants to think in his mind. You know what I mean? I that, got that, too, actually. You know, that, I just wanted to complain about that It's there. Well, then they have that. They show they at least show him showing up in the Vegas system. They explain that the Guardians make the worst deal ever and would not allow a Green Lantern into the into the Vegas system. He gives up the ring. Again, this is the only reason there's... It's so weird. You don't really know why the hell he would care about these Omega Men, except that he's like, oh, I'm a peacekeeper. There it is. I heard there's Citadel against the Omega Men. I was yeah. going to
2: come to do some peace. Al Rayner's a good guy. I think that he's up to more right away. It, I'm it, telling you, if that's the case, I don't yeah. have any faith in this book to give me anything. I know, but, but it's decent. just like...
3: They just showed him as a, a white lantern, and then he goes and just gives away his ring. It seemed odd. Again, they they have it. Then he gets basically the Omega Men fuck him and punch him, and in the in the thing, and it, then fuck him in the yeah. thing. that looks like Doctor Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's going on? But then you get the next part, which is Calista with her backstory, which we pretty much know. The only thing it gives you is a It little gives a bit, little bit more, a little bit more information about the Vegas system. But it's nothing, and also it almost shows you how she came in contact with the Omega Men, especially Primus. Yeah, it doesn't really do anything for the
2: story. No, I'm telling it? you, I skimmed over this yeah. part because it, I, I don't need to know all the ins and, and outs of their, their fucking religion see, and their government and what they believe.
3: People, you yeah. see their different approaches in the system of how they deal with natives, and it, they kill again, them. Yeah, yeah, and they, some enslave them. Some, some use religion and use bribes. It's all this hooey. Uh, actually, people on the site have commented. They really like that. Um, but then it just ends Fuck with, well, it ends with <laughs> Kyle and um, Callista hugging. They look like they're about to kiss. And then um, Primus getting pissed off. He's yeah. been watching the whole time with Tiger And Tigar's a dick. He's like basically. I do the same yeah, thing about Tigar He's basically rubbing it into him. And I don't know. It turn, it's turning
2: into a cuckold. I got I got one big piece of friggin' uh, note here. Okay. What's that? This issue is bullshit. Yeah. This series is bullshit. No, it doesn't geez. make any goddamn sense in the continuity. And all we had here is a clip show in the fourth issue. Yeah. Bullshit. I
3: know it is. And here's the thing that I'm going to hey, tell you. Hey, I want to finish my thing. How about this? Okay. You, right. you finish, and then I'll tell uh, you something.
2: Not only that. But when we finally get to some new stuff about this world, I don't care because I'm so angry at the inconsistencies in this continuity. Mm. And to throw a bit of icing on the shit cake, we have Kyle Raynor cheat on Carol Ferris. Yeah. This book can go fuck itself Again. for all the damages it's done to these characters and for all the damage it's done to me. Yeah,
3: but guess what? I Really, that's why I think this is him... Play. They wouldn't. I don't think they would do no, that. I know we talked about this earlier in the th- week. I think that he's playing it up. I think he is the one who's going hey, to have one over on them.
2: Don't worry, Carol. I was only playing. I didn't like when I fucked her. I thought, he Karen, didn't kiss I her. thought was of just you. Hugging her.
3: He, they never kissed. And uh, no, I get they're, you. They're, they're, they're about the to do something in Primus. will just interrupt them. Like, hey, buddy, and then he make turned it off like, the monitor. He didn't I want know. to see anymore. But then, um, the, the thing that I said, I went on and on in my review that this was filler. This was a filler issue. It was a placeholder issue, which is ridiculous for issue for number a four. Issue, yeah. But also, you get the idea that Toby Cypress is on as this guest artist. Something seemed to have happened. and it threw something in the. You know, something happened where this happened. And the reason why that I DC think shake up. No, well, I, the reason why I think that is true, I gave this issue a six out of ten. Right through the whole review, I was not flattering, except that I said I've loved the series up until now. And I didn't like it. And did you see who retweeted the, the my Yes, my I review? did. Yeah, Tom King retweeted it. And there, and he reads them because he has talked to me about some of the things. He reads them, and I think that he retweeted because he agrees, and he, and there is a reason why this issue was like it was. I really think that something happened where they had to throw something out there, and they figured, okay, we'll just give a, a Kyle Rayner backstory. We'll throw a couple things in, and then we'll get back to it because uh, – uh, Behenda is back. Barnaby Behenda is back next issue. And I think then we'll get back to the main story and you get a little bit out of this. So it's kind of a, a you know, throw in bonus. It's bullshit. There should be no reason, but I'm telling you that I think that Kyle is a white lantern still. No, no, I, I did and I the, think that the he's theory. playing them and he's not cheating on Carol. And he I did. would love to have Carol show up. No, I think they were just laying there. I don't think that Kyle He put
2: his anything. dick inside of her. I do not think so. I don't think so. A green lantern dick of his. Yeah. Should in have been fact, a white actually, lantern dick.
3: If you, I'm looking through it. Yeah. At the one point, they are in separate beds. Then they are. They're embracing each other, Eric. Yes. And I think that he's just kind he of. He goes like, in for the kiss. Okay. Again. No, I'm looking. She actually seems to be trying to kiss him. And yeah. he's not doing anything. And then he kind of turns to the side. They're just sitting there. Uh, they're friends, Eric, like Mike and your girlfriend. Ah. Friends. Poor old Primus is getting cuckold. <laughs> he's like in the he's the guy in the uh, closet who is gonna pop out at the end and finish off. Dave from work <laughs> Don't say.
2: Oh you my are bad. gonna cause troubles. Anyway, this issue ends as it always does with a Duke of Wellington quote. Duke of Wellington, there's no Duke of Wellington, right? or yeah. better score. Uh, Every yeah, issue.
3: I actually said to you Being that... born
2: in a stable <laughs> does not make one a horse. <laughs> is right. That is being, right. being Compared, born in a stable actually, does w- not make one a horse. William <laughs> James says.
3: Compared to what we ought to be, we are half awake. And that's what is going on because Kyle has just finished, and you know when you get tired after that. Oh, I (laughs) do. You kind of drift off. Like you said, it is not lovemaking. It's a race, Eric, and you always win. Damn right. That is your quote. Um, Yeah, I gave it a six. What would you have given it? Um, A three. Well, I'm telling you, actually. I I even said in my little uh, intro, I probably went a little high on that. Uh, only because I really do love this series. And, but and I do art, not. The art was just, it was not good. Rendous. It didn't help. <clears throat> and I, like I said, the art in this issue is usually, I'm telling you, it's half the appeal to me to this because everything yeah. has that like worn-in look. It really has like a, almost like a pseudo-realistic cartoon. This is all cartoon. It's, like you said, the perspective is off. It's angular. It's just odd, uh, which is a Thinking's
2: shame. The bad. The coloring's bad. Yeah,
3: that's a shame you're bad I am bad yes you are Uh, that's the podcast Eric we finished up we didn't take five hours so maybe some new people can jump on all you current listeners you're just you're gonna have to deal with it because it it killed me it killed me last week it really did it took me so long to prepare for that podcast and then to do it it took three days that's a bunch of nonsense I have kids that I don't even know their names anymore Hi, I have a girlfriend yeah, they, somebody else on Not only that, but my, uh, my kids started school last week, probably failing already because I, I was so tired <laughs> that I couldn't even help them out with their homework, which their mother would say I never do anyway. My help with the homework is, did you do your homework? And they go, yeah, fine. All right, that is fine with me. But guess what? Next week is another book-filled week. I had to take a drink there. My, my throat was killing me. You didn't have any sort of comment on a book-filled week.
2: No, I was just thinking I have to help a buddy move in Easton next weekend, oh, so it's going to be like, kill me.
3: All right, you're going to be sick for three days. All right, next week we have... Sick of you. Yeah. Action Comics. Does your face hurt? Oh. Ooh, it's killing me. Action Comics number 44, which I hear down the line that it finishes up the truth story. That seems like a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. We also get one of our favorite books which I'm really going to be sad when it ends all Star well. section eight, number four, we get yeah, Bat- yeah. Batman number 44. So again, you'll have the big issue of the week. We'll see what happens there. We get Batman Superman number 24. So we're back with action comics and Batman Superman on the same week. We have, doesn't make
2: sense to me. You yeah. have four weeks in a month. I don't know. You put one out each week. I just seems jumping
3: around. It's more, I, I don't know. In, Jump my mind, in my mind, Batman Superman jumps around a lot. Um, then you get your favorite Catwoman number forty-four.
2: I'm not reading that. It better be a flash review. We of get you.
3: Earth Two Society number four. I don't we want get, to read that. <laughs> um, we get Gotham Academy number ten, which Joel will be doing on the site. We have Harley Quinn Road Trip Special number one, and I had talked to you. I might ask Reggie if he wants to do that, um, but if not, I'll do it. I actually like the Harley Quinn specials. Yeah, they've been pretty good. Remember that one? It was the Comic Con one yep. where Harley pretty much gets gang raped right by a bunch of Jokers.
2: No, I, I don't think she gets gang raped. That was all set, a consensual. You can't rape the willing. Is that what exactly. you're telling me? Okay,
3: then you get Justice League Rukaki. United, number 13, which I'm actually very sad that I took that book. You're liking it a lot more than I am. I am. I hope this is Batgirl and Steel, Steel. and Robot Man, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that seems like a pretty crazy team. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we have New Suicide Squad, number 12, which I enjoy. We so both love like that. New Suicide Squad. You have Red Hood Arsenal, number four. It's a funny and good book. You have Starfire, number four. And fuck That's me. I don't yeah, like that. Book. Yeah, so we, uh, it's, it's a, one of those weeks where it looks like there's a bunch of books that we like and a bunch of books that we don't. So at least there's, I don't know, you, you've been liking Batman since you took it over. Yeah. And I'm looking through there. I like Catwoman while you don't. And I'm hoping Action Comics and Batman Superman actually, uh, now that the true story is coming to an end, I hope we get some answers. Me as well. Because it's ending, and boy. We're not getting much. I don't know. And
2: Earth to society better do something.
3: Ah, uh, yes. And on the site. And you know what? We didn't even mention anything about any sort of... I don't think we even said the email address. We have order. emails and sites? Yeah. Uh, the site is weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com, which we probably should mention that at the beginning, not the end. Uh, uh, no, nonsense. Email address is WeirdScienceDC at gmail.com. And if you would like to have your email read on the podcast, send it there. We read everything. Everything. Doesn't matter how long it is. And I said to you, the way, if you hate the mail section, the way to get rid of it is just everybody sending a mail at once. Don't and then do that. We won't be able to read them, so then it'll end. Um, and we're also on Twitter at WeirdScienceDC. And yeah, come by the site, check out our reviews. All that sort of nonsense. What do you think you're going to do this Monday on Just for the Hell of It? Puppet Master 5. Are you going to finish your Puppet Master?
2: Oh, yes. I I want to do that this week. But since Wes Craven died, I did a Nightmare on Elm Street.
3: Yeah, I did Bob's Burgers. That was a bomb. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I'm going to continue the... uh... Rick and Morty. No, Bill and Ted. I think I'm going to do the Bill and Ted. They don't have a Rick and Morty comic.
2: Yeah, they do. Do they? I thought they did. No,
3: they don't. That's too new a show. I'm going to do the... How uh, oh, it? has been on since, like, 2013. Yeah, it's, I don't think they have a comic, or I would have seen that by now. Though we do love Rick and Morty. That's our new thing. Yes. Yeah, but uh, I don't really have much more to say. I'm actually pretty tired. Me as well. Yeah, my uh, five-hour energy is worn off, and I'm ready to pass out. What do we say at the end, Eric?
2: Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. And we
3: will see you in seven. <laughs>